Oh man, this is a big one. I'm excited for this episode. It is number 82. The big, the big one. one. Number 82. <laughs> this is the SoCo Show. <laughs> this is Chad Coger, lead singer of Nick Kobach. And I'm joined as always by Seth Ott. Yeah. And we got a, a big fat episode for you here today. Gross. We got a lot of fun stuff. It'll be interesting to see uh, how this all turns out. So we have, we're going to do our Oscar picks. We have a little bit of news in TV and movies. We have a TV corner. And we also are going to be featuring some reviews that uh, Seth and Jared did over the weekend. So we'll be cutting away to those so you'll be able to get your fix. At Jared Buckendall. Of, uh, of the big man. So uh, it's going to be interesting. It's, it's a large task <laughs> the for the man. editor. The big, that's what we call him around here. <laughs> the big man. At Jared Buckendall. He, loves it. he, he asked us to call him that. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a lot of work for for the editor, uh, but uh, we're paying him extra for this one, so <laughs> it'll be a fun one. I know I don't. So I, in order to get things going before before we get into our sheet tweet, you, you texted me today, Seth, and you said I know how we got to open the show, and that's <laughs> all I know. But whatever it is, now's the time. <laughs> all right. So this actually just happened a, a few hours before recording. So. Living in, of course, I've, I've talked about it previously. Living in Iowa, we've had a lot of snow this year, and no different this year um, or this week. I had, we we had got more snow just this morning, and so when uh, shoveling this afternoon after I got home from work, um, out there I got my earbuds in. I'm uh, shoveling away in the driveway, and I, I hear hear a loud noise to my right, and I look over, and it's uh, some guy on like a dirt bike, like a like a motocross bike, like a, you know, green one. Um, he's wearing like his motocross jacket and all that stuff. Like the, whatever, like the, the bobcat or whatever, like, you know, the, everything oh, you'd see fox. a typical fox cat. There you go. Or just fox. Everything you'd see a typical one of those guys wear. And, and, and so just like I said, it's, it's snow and, you know, just snowed today. The roads were wet, pretty kind of still gross, but he's doing wheelies down the road. Really stupid, very busy road. Very stupid to do. And I'm thinking to myself, I bet that guy thinks he's he's a real macho dude. You know, he I bet he thinks he's a real tough guy. I, and I, I was thinking, you know, I bet I could take him. I'm I'm you know, I'm sitting there shoveling. I, I I got my I got a sweatshirt on, I got a Carhartt type jacket on, I'm feeling pretty tough. I'm looking pretty tough. And then all of a sudden, uh, in my earbuds, Michelle Branch comes on and I come right back down to earth. <laughs> Oh, that is perfect. <laughs> that is the perfect fight deterrent. Was I'm assuming it was a thousand miles? No, that's Vanessa Carlton. Come on. Um, oh, okay. So now you've corrected me about <laughs> Vanessa Carlton and Michelle Branch. They're very different artists. What is Michelle? Okay. What is the Michelle Branch song? Uh, this one was "Are You Happy Now?" So and that one gets pretty hyped because that's where she's like, hey, "Would you look me in the eye?" That one. She gets like real intense. <laughs> Oh, Seth out, everybody. Oh, I, Michelle, come on. Michelle Branches, she's she's a star. But nothing to, nothing to uh, bring you back down to earth and make you feel less masculine than uh, Michelle Branch popping on at a moment when you think you could take someone. So That is some, that is Cosmic Spotify or whatever yeah. it is. YouTube music, probably. It's it's YouTube music, and it's funny because I, I listen to my mixtape. Like, there's a thing that just says oh, my mixtape. Oh, honey. And yep. I've I've listened to Rochelle Branch uh, several times in there without 
uh, a shuffle mode. So it's a very uh, uh, interesting and eclectic group of artists on my mixtape. So I'm sure it is. If it's anything like uh, like what what did you call your your mixtapes that you made when you're cool mix? Seth's awesome mix. Is that what it was? Yeah, there was like Seth's crazy mix, Seth awesome mix, TV TV themes and more. That was my favorite. <laughs> TV themes and more. <laughs> and like and like a fourth of them were TV themes. Like it was way more more than it was TV themes, if I remember yeah. right. Um. Yeah, there was like five or six TV themes, and then the rest were like songs from TV shows, and then a couple ah, wrestling gotcha. theme songs. Um. But that CD did help me with a trivia question. Uh, with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, so um, ah, paid off. Paid off fifteen years later, <laughs> in the form of a single trivia question, <laughs> where you may have won a ten dollars gift card to the bar you were at. Oh, I didn't. I got. We got fifth. I didn't win anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, I'm glad that um, I'm glad that your your music shuffle is is dishing out some humility. Uh, you know who likes to make people humble is the Iron Sheik. So let's read some of his tweets. I call you a punk. Iron Sheik, as we know, savant of entertainment, loves loves movies, loves TV, loves everything. And this week, there was plenty of TV or movie news for him to talk about. Um, one of the big trailers released, which we will not talk about here because I don't care, is Frozen Two. And so Iron Sheik had to ask a very important question about Frozen Two. Uh-oh. Uh, what what movie better frozen 2 or let me break your fucking neck suplex you big time jabroni (laughs) for did you google that is that a real movie uh no but it it should be on the next rendition of uh rip torn or dirty porn or dude i would watch that either way either way if it stars rip torn or if it's porn i would watch it either way yeah let me break your fucking neck suplex you big time jabroni for that seems like it was written by like if you just if you put a bunch of chic like commonly used chic words on a wall and then just like threw a bunch of like paint at it mm-hmm. and then you just picked all the words that the paint hit. That's how that tweet was written. Which actually now that I think about it's probably how a lot of chic's tweets are written. Chic tweets. Chic tweets. Good ones this week. I like it. I call you a punk. Sponsor time. Let's uh let's pay the bills. All right. Uh, here we go. We have uh audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description box for 30 days and your first book for free. Free. Booyah. Uh Mathis Designs on Etsy, Etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all of your stationary and graphic design needs. Beep. And Mike's Wood. Etsy.com slash shop slash cornfed and wood. Oh, that's nasty. All right, uh, let's move it forward. We got a couple quick hitters this week in TV news. That's what she said. TV. We knew it was coming. The Marvel Netflix universe is effectively dead now. We got the last couple axes were thrown uh, this week, and the last couple shows were canceled. Yeah, uh, Punisher and Jessica Jones is canceled, although they will be airing season three of Jessica Jones still, which I'm looking forward to. So uh, they are canceled from Netflix, but um, the Marvel TV president, I think Jeff Loeb is who it is, uh, came out and said that 
this is likely not the last you will see these characters on TV. So that's led to speculation that these characters will be revived on Hulu when uh, everything kind of officially transfers over with Disney and them owning the, the lion's share of Hulu at that point. So given the choice between a continuation of what you have seen of the Marvel Netflix sort of world, if all of these shows are revived on Hulu, uh, given the choice between that and a completely fresh start, which would you choose? It would depend on the fresh start. Like, I don't, if, if they're just going to do the shows over again, I would not want to see that. I'd rather see, uh, see them do more of the current stuff. Like, especially Daredevil and more of the Luke Cage that was going on. I don't know. I can't really say much about Jessica Jones at this point. But mm-hmm. it, now, if they were to, if they were to say, okay, the TV shows are canceled, but these characters will appear in the, in the MCU, the Marvel films, then I would be them okay with them canceling those shows and putting them in the MCU. I think Daredevil would work really, really well. Actually, honestly, I think they could make all of them work. But I think Daredevil... Daredevil actually has some of the best comic book lore out of uh, probably more of the B characters in mm. comics in terms of, like, the villains, especially, like, Kingpin and stuff like that. But, they, yeah, because they could do Kingpin in the, in the MCU, which would be awesome. Yeah, that Just bring back Vincent D'Onofrio for it. But I think there's a lot they could still... They could do in the MCU with... The characters in the in the rogues gallery, essentially, um, with all these characters in the Marvel films. So if they did that. Totally down for it. If it's not, I would say keep going with the shows. They're they're still pretty entertaining. There you go. A lot of noise around this potential Hulu pickup. We'll see uh, if it happens. Probably going to be a little bit before then. So a lot of a lot of things could happen between now and then. But uh, maybe not the end of the Netflix uh, Marvel universe, which is good news for some. Uh, another big cancellation from Netflix, Seth, on a show that you reviewed, I think, just in the last couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the second season of Friends from College dropped uh, about a month or a month and a half ago, and it has been canceled. Um, not actually surprised by this, just because they dropped it, season two, kind of unceremoniously. Um, they had a couple people on talk shows, like Colby Smolder showed up on a talk show, uh, and that's really about it. And it was like a late night show. It wasn't even like one of the main, you know, 10 o'clock shows. It was like the late shows like i think seth oh, no. seth myers so it was Not like very daily yeah no no that that's getting canceled too they didn't do much promotion with it it didn't really it was never on one of those shows that popped up on the main page it just kind of dropped and uh i thought season two was really really good i enjoyed it a lot a lot of star power in the show but they it just never caught never quite caught wind and uh it's canceled yeah, I'm not. Uh, so I, I've recently started this show. I'm about three episodes in, and I like it. But I, like you, I'm not surprised that it's canceled. It's, there's not really anything here that I haven't seen before. I, I think is part of the problem. And they have the, there's a great cast. I love the cast, but um, it's not. And again, I'm only three episodes in, but it's not doing a lot for me that I can't get elsewhere. So I, I understand the cancellation. Um, even though I do like the show, and I'm going to continue to watch the first two seasons, even though uh, there will be no third. So. A little bit of a bummer, but not a huge surprise there. Netflix starting to make the hard choices uh, these last year or so. A lot of, a lot of things getting the axe. So, a couple shows that are definitely not getting the axe, and I'm very, very excited to report on this news because I just heard it in the last couple of days. HBO has now uh, announced that Barry Season 2 and the final season of Veep are both going to premiere on March 31st. Hmm. We've only got four or five weeks, and we're going to get both those shows back. Now, that, Seth, is an hour of television that I will absolutely 
every Sunday be tuning in for. And it's very, as you know, it is rare that I tune in like live or immediately live or even on a weekly basis, try to keep up with shows. <laughs> Those are two of the shows that I do that for. And they're both airing on the same night. So I'm incredibly excited for both of them to come back. I know you haven't seen Veep, but I bet you're pretty excited to see Barry season two. Yeah, I'm interested. Uh, it left on a, on a, uh, interesting note on, on season one. So I'm excited to, to check out where the rest of this goes. And, um, Honestly, any more of Darcy Carden on TV uh, is good for me. So I will continue to watch that show. <laughs> this is a show. Now, I know previously we reported on this that they had, they had said that they were going to take their time with this and it was going to yeah. be a while. Yeah. But now with this premiere date set at the end of March, it's only going to have been uh, right around a year since the mm-hmm. premiere of last season. And I'm really excited by that because what that tells me is that they must have so they came out and intentionally told us they weren't going to rush it. And then it came out quickly anyway. To me, mm-hmm. that says that there must have been some really good ideas flowing that they were really excited about to get into yeah, the next season. Yeah, more than likely. I mean, I, I'm sure they wanted to ride some of the momentum from the Emmys and stuff, too, that Bill Hader got, Emmys and Globes and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, it's it's cool. It's uh, it's it's a show that is definitely critically uh, acclaimed and, and uh, has a lot of has a lot of fanfare around it. And anyway, it, along with, with the Darcy Carden, uh, built more Bill Hader on TV is great, too. He's he's. He's he's a super funny dude, so I will watch anything he does. Absolutely. We definitely agree on that. Uh, that's going to be it for TV news this week, but we do have another edition of the TV Corner. That's in my TV corner. Seth, I want to blow you. Woo! Woo, indeed. So this is a show you reviewed last year, and I know that you enjoyed a lot, and we're, we were... Uh, left at the end of season one at a point where it was like, what are we going to do in season two? And I don't want you to spoil anything for us, but uh, let us know what you thought of this Amazon original. Not Amazon, stars. Stars. Well, <laughs> fuck. I, I even went in. I felt really good about that one, too. And, and I fucked it up. You got you to keep it in there. <laughs> I want to leave it all in. I want to leave it all in. But apparently it's a stars. Let's pretend for a second. It wasn't You couldn't even let me have that for a couple of seconds. Good no, because I had to pay for this monthly, whereas Amazon just goes out once. So I don't even think about it. Plus, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, no, this, this uh, stars original <laughs> is counterpart. Which is the J.K. Simmons uh, acting with himself uh, show? Actually, no. This this season he doesn't. He actually doesn't interact with himself very much. But it's a show where, it, kind of recapping the first season, where essentially a a bomb goes off and uh, creates two timelines, and the there's like a dimen- uh, dimensional area where they can interact with each other and go across these timelines hence counterpart because they everyone has a counterpart has there has a has a, a mirror of themselves but the interesting thing here is that once the timeline split the people can go in separate directions because they're not linked to each other so um one person can be uh, a saint the other can be a shithead so that that's kind of season one kind of set up that world um and really focused season one really focused major the, the majority of the time on uh, J.K. Simmons, two characters and their roles with each other. The second season is now they are separate. And so at the end of the first season, the J.K. Simmons characters, ha- uh, Howard Silk is the character name. They had switched worlds. So they, they weren't they were in the incorrect uh, sides of the that's what they call them. They, the, the sides of um, these timelines because there's this organization that is 
that keeps track of all this stuff and that kind of negotiates with each other in terms of like, can, um, if you give us this, this, and this from your world, we'll take, we'll give you this, this, and this, that type of thing. And, but they also are scheming against, against each other. And that's what season two is really about is about these two sides, not only kind of having these, this, 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 uh, surface level interaction, but one side specifically scheming to kind of take it to the other side because there's this whole thing going on about um in one side there was a flu that kind of killed a bunch of people it did kill a bunch not kind of but did kill a bunch of people and the other side thinks that they did this did this on purpose so they're trying to figure all that out and then also scheming against each other to um maybe get back at them for that and that type of thing so there there are several different um agents uh through each side that even have their own counterparts in the show that kind of that 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 uh, come into play with this gets it gets really confusing and that that's what I want to talk about in terms of the pros and cons if you didn't really pay a lot of attention really specifically towards the end of the first season and you you kind of lose focus in in the beginning of the second season you're going to be confused um mm-hmm. I know me I'm personally confused and you're just trying to recap it yeah 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 it's it's I got confused um especially during the first half of the season uh there was a lot of Especially too with with the Howard Silk thing because, like, I knew which side they were on, but I lost track of what when he wasn't on screen, what characters were on what side. Because um, mm-hmm. his his wife also plays a role in this, uh, Howard Silk's wife, and they kind of signified which which wife is which by one always wore her hair up, the other wore her hair down. But even that, I was like. But I forget which side is like the because there's a side that's technologically advanced and like has more people and stuff like that. The other side is like less technologically advanced and had the flu and all that stuff. So that was hard to keep track of and what side was good and what side wasn't. And unless you're like super invested in the show, it, it's not the easiest to follow. And not a lot of that didn't really uh, come into focus until the last three or four episodes for me. And there, it's a, I think 12 episodes, 10 or 12 episode season. So a lot of the season I'm sitting there like, okay, um, can you provide a little clarity for me, please? Um, <laughs> it, by the time at the end comes, uh, and they reveal everything that happened, it made sense at that point. So I wasn't like mad, but I, I do think this is almost like a Westworld where not, not as confusing as Westworld is, but almost like a Westworld where you definitely need – this is not a show where you can be on your phone or, or um, not be fully invested to get all of it out of it. So I know I personally lost some uh, of the show that I could have gotten by being a little bit more invested in or paying more attention. But part of that too is, is for me, some of it was just very slow and not uh, – there wasn't enough for me to be invested wholly. The acting is excellent. Again, J.K. Simmons does an amazing job. Uh, I think he was nominated for an Emmy uh, in the first season for – because um, I think it was meant to be like a sh- uh, limited series or something, maybe Emmy mm-hmm. or, or Golden Globe or something, but he was nominated for something. And um, so the acting is excellent all around. Uh, all of the all of the the characters are really well done. It's a well-written show in terms of the character development, but the overall plot and story arc just felt kind of convoluted at times and a little confusing. So I would say I would say check out the first season of the show. Because I really liked the first season because it was very centralized. The first season is very centralized and built the world up. Season two just kind of took it and boom, from the beginning was like, here you go. 
And I wasn't ready for that 100%, especially two had been a year since I watched the first season and I watched the first season very quickly. It was a binge. And mm. so it was, again, you don't get 100% of the stuff and, and they do kind of come back to some of the things too. So uh, part of this is on me. I, I know it's an excellent show in a lot of aspects, but um, I just wasn't fully invested into it myself either. So uh, in terms of a, in terms of a rating, um, I would give it uh, three point. I'll give it like three point four. J.K. Simmons ass beatings out of five. Oh, the the last the, the last episode and the reason I give it the ass beatings. Uh, J.K. Simmons is fucking ripped in the last episode and he just beats some serious ass. Like he does. He goes full like Tom Cruise of like beating beating ass, shooting guns. Like he's he's pretty awesome in the last couple episodes uh, on the. Because there's one side of him that he's a badass, the other side he's kind of a docile uh, wimp. And so uh, the one side where he's a badass, that was pretty cool. That got me into it. But and the first season had a little bit more of that too. Like that, the first season had a little bit more action, it was a little less slow. So, well, there you go. Uh, if you want to see J.K. Simmons, and I do want to see J.K. Simmons beat the fuck out of some people and be an action star, uh, I did, that's not something I knew that I wanted. But now I do. Uh, and also, uh, I want to thank you, Seth, because I haven't heard anyone called a wimp in a long time. And <laughs> I, that's, that's an insult that I forgot existed, and I'm glad yeah. to be reminded of it. So, especially, especially a docile wimp. Yeah, exactly. The last time I heard someone get called a wimp, the person was me. So I'm, I'm glad that it's <laughs> glad someone else is being called it for once. Uh, the show is <laughs> Counterpart. It is on Stars, not it's on Amazon. Hulu. Uh, and you can wait. It's on is it actually, it's on stars. Don't fuck <laughs> with my head. Um, counterpart is on stars. I got 3.4 JK Simmons ass beatings out of five this week in the TV corner. That's in my TV corner. Seth, I want to blow you. Woo! Uh, let's move from, uh, well, stars, of course. You know, we talk TV, but stars is no. most known, most known for its movies. And so let's get into a little bit of movie news. <laughs> quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. I'm just like a little bit like mush mouthed tonight. Are you picking that up? I just, I, I tried to get that <laughs> pun out and I just kind of threw it. Yeah. It, uh, it was very strange to me. Don't have a stroke before you get here. I, I hope I don't have a stroke. I don't want to. That's not the kind of stroke I'm looking for. Um, Good guy. So let's get into uh, some movie news. Two two quick pieces of of news here. The first has to deal with one of your favorite shows ever, Breaking Bad. We've known for a little bit that we were going to be getting a Breaking Bad movie. And we recently have confirmation of two things. The first is that it's going to be centered around Jesse Pinkman and starring Aaron Paul. And the second piece is that Netflix is going to be the ones to release Breaking Bad. So I'm interested, Seth, to hear your thoughts. Um, it being on Netflix, they are going to have a little bit more freedom, right? They're not going to have to worry about ratings so much as if it were released on TV. Um, it, other than that, is there anything else? Uh, it being on Netflix, does that excite you? Does it bum you out? What, what's your reaction to Netflix buying up the Breaking Bad movie? Uh, it does excite me um, for a few reasons. Well, one, it's it's so it's gonna it's gonna premiere on Netflix and then eventually be released on AMC as a TV movie because they still mm-hmm. own Breaking Bad. So, um, but they they made a deal with Netflix where Netflix would premiere it first. That helps in a lot. I think in a lot of areas. Again, like you said, freedom. Uh, it, it's gonna be able to be aired the way 
Vince Gilligan wants it. And he's 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 written it and he's directing it. It's all him, so it's not, you know, not a big Hollywood production. It's it's still gonna have the breaking bad feel and all that stuff. So that is very exciting. With it being on Netflix, also you get to see it without the commercial. So it's gonna be like an actual movie. Well, one, it's a you know, it's gonna basically be like you're binging Breaking Bad on, on Netflix, which is how most people watched Breaking Bad. That's you know, totally true. Um, Breaking Bad wasn't like the the myself included. the The finale was huge; everyone watched it. Blah blah blah. But I know myself personally; I didn't get hooked on it until the last season started. I watched the entire last season live, but I didn't start watching the show until it was on Netflix. So mm-hmm. I think this is it's a really smart play for AMC and Netflix to bring it to a place where most people discovered it, letting them watch it in its entirety without commercials. And binging it just like they did. I think it's just a smart play all around. Freedom, all that stuff. They're just going to be able to go nuts with it. They're going to have an essentially unlimited budget to do what they want. Um, not that not that Vince Gilligan really needs much of a budget because there's not a whole lot of effects in that show. But um, I'm just all all the all around excited for it. And plus, you're bringing back one of the best characters in TV and and, and Jesse Pinkman. So I I can't wait. Yeah, this is a big one, and I think this is going to be a big hit for Netflix, regardless of whether or not it's good. I think this is also interesting. You know, we talk about like all the prestige television that we've seen, and cable TV is certainly not going away. But if this works out, I could definitely see this being a model that more shows try to follow. You know, you talk about uh, Abed's six seasons in a movie thing. Um, I think getting to tack on a film on the end and getting to release it in a way where it can be uncensored. I think like um, Sons of Anarchy might have benefited from this, a similar treatment at, at, some, at a certain point. Like I can see this being a model that more shows try to follow and it makes sense that it's being done by a show that we already know is great and Breaking mm-hmm. Bad. I think now like the, the, the thing about Breaking Bad that is like that it excites me less is that the Breaking Bad movie is not going to blow anyone's mind, right? There's mm-hmm. such high expectations for a project like this that it's going to be as it's going to be as good as we hoped or worse, right? So it's got a lot to live up to, and I, I have all the confidence in the world that Gilligan and, and the team around Breaking Bad can, can yeah. put out a good movie. But uh, it's really going to have a high bar to jump up to, and it's going to be interesting to see how it how it brings everything back because it's did. I mean, they put a nice little bow on Breaking Bad, so opening that up is a big risk. And uh, it's going to be, I don't think they would have done that without a great idea. So mm-hmm. it's really exciting to kind of wait and see what they've got uh, under their sleeve here. Yeah, and they did put a bow on it, but Jesse's end is very wide open. Um, mm-hmm. He just He's just screaming to the, into the night in a car. So, <laughs> so I, it could be literally anything that happens to him. And then, you know, they, they've taken an idea of a... Uh, one of like the B characters or C characters in the show and Saul Goodman and made it into one of the best shows on TV for the last four seasons. It's going to go another one. It's going to go five seasons. So um, if not more, so yeah, it's uh, I, whatever they do, I will, especially if it's in the breaking bad universe, I will watch it 1 million percent. I have been countlessly entertained breaking bad. Like I've said before, is my favorite show uh, ever. Better call, better call Saul is a show that's rising up my ranks. That show is incredible. And, uh, you know, this, this movie, I'm excited to see what, what happened to Jesse Pinkman other than, uh, feeling the need for speed. So, oh God, that was actually, you get one of these for that. <laughs> that, was, that was really good. I'm, uh, if you're wondering why that was so good, look it up. Um, 
Here's another thing that I know that you are almost definitely going to be watching. We have a an upcoming biopic. You know, it's funny. We just had a conversation the other day off off podcast yeah, about I was this about very that. thing. And so we got a big, <laughs> exciting project that I know you're looking forward to talking about. Because, yeah, we had we did have a conversation off air about. So the, tomorrow I will be going to see uh, Fighting With My Family, which is the biopic about Paige, the WWE women's wrestler. I am extremely excited for this movie. We've t- That's why we were talking about it off air. But it's getting insanely good reviews and um, not just from it, – it's a movie that people who are not in, you know wrestling fans have seen this movie and loved it. Uh, I've heard it from a lot of people. So it's opening the world to taking wrestling seriously in movies because in the past, wrestling movies, Ready to Rumble, for example, uh, have been very joking or very derogatory at times towards wrestling. The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke, not necessarily derogatory, but doesn't show wrestling in the best light. And I think over the last uh, 15 or so years, wrestling has kind of cleaned up its act a little bit, Um, has been less entertaining in the process, but has cleaned up its act. And so this is this movie fighting with my family is opening the world up to more uh, biopics in the wrestling world. And I think the one that everyone is was likely to um, see next is uh, probably the most famous wrestler of all time. And what's it going to do? (laughs) <laughs> I love that clip, even just by itself. I like it in the sounder, but yeah. I like it even better on its own. Yeah, Hulk Hogan. So everyone knows everyone knows that. Hulk Hogan, the most famous wrestler of all time. He really brought wrestling in into what it is today. And I and I like we talked about off air, that is um that is the number one biopic what you know, it, what people would talk about. He has a very interesting story, um, brought wrestling to insane heights, and now they are doing that movie with Chris Hemsworth as uh, Hulk Hogan. It's a weird cast, right? A little bit. I mean, I can see it. They're going to have to shave his head or something. But I can see it, too. Like, it's weird because he's, like, way more of, like, an Adonis than Hulk Hogan. Like, I don't know how. Like, Hulk Hogan, he was buffed up and everything. But, like, he's an ugly dude. (laughs) Like, Oh, he's horrible. um, And he's big. He's big and strong. He's got, like, big muscles. Yeah. But, like. He's not ripped. Hemsworth is, like, cut. Mm-hmm. And so, and I guess that's why they have personal trainers for these guys, but he just is, he, the look is not quite there. And, and you know, how important is it that he looks exactly like him? I don't yeah, know, yeah. but this is an interesting, and we haven't heard Hemsworth do a lot of American accents. I know he can do it, but he's not done it a lot. So mm-hmm. this is a really interesting cast for me, but everyone else involved in this is also exciting. And I love Hemsworth too. Like everyone, everyone whose name is on this gets me hard right now. Yeah. Uh, Bradley Cooper and Todd Phillips are producing it. I know. I mean, Bradley Cooper. We've talked about too a little bit. I mean, he's he's been kind of given the keys to do whatever he wants now. After the mm-hmm. Star is Born, uh, he was given the the stamp of approval by Steven Spielberg, which is an insane name to get approval from. He was given a project by Steven Spielberg just be- after he saw Star is Born and all that stuff too. So, um, I'm a, I, anything Bradley Cooper is attached to. Uh, I've talked about in the past. He's well, probably one of my favorite actors and, and one of the most believable actors. And um, he's definitely smart with his creative projects. So him being involved in a Hulk Hogan biopic is really strange to me. Um, Hulk Hulkamania himself is going to be involved in this too. He's going to have some uh, some creative input. I hope he does kind of show some of his uh, not-so-light sides because um, he, he has not been uh, – completely clean in the world of mm. uh, say your prayers and eat your vitamin vitamins like he likes to put off so uh, i hope he does go into some of the the darker stuff too if it's going to be a true biopic um but 
you know, he did a lot of good too. So it's other than being racist. So, um, <laughs> well, I'm told that, uh, I'm told this is going to focus on his origin and rise to fame okay. and not, it might not get into the times when he was, you know, a racist and show his dick on Gawker. Yeah. Um, so it may not, it may just cut off in time before that point, which that is what I'm interested in is the rise and the early days of WWE being, being like, I don't need to see his downfall for a movie. Yeah. And I know that, th- I know that that's like, I would, if it were a different biopic, and I, I know that I have done this, um, it's not cool to take away all the nasty parts of a person's life for the purpose of making a good biopic. But mm-hmm. the interesting story here is what he meant to WWE and that mm-hmm. that rise to power. It's not, if you made a movie about Tom Cruise, it probably wouldn't include him jumping on Oprah's couch. Like, that's not the important thing about Tom Cruise. The important thing about Hulk Hogan is what he did for WWE. And so I'm fine with them chopping it off early and not including that stuff. I don't need that in a movie. Yeah. I, I just even know, like, even leading up to that, I mean, especially in the world of wrestling, there's not, it's not all, oh, yeah. su- you know, sunshine. So I hope that's, that's what I mean by that, is mm-hmm. especially, especially back then, wrestling was just a lot more dirty. And I mm-hmm. hope they show some of that. Like, the Page one is a little different because by the time Page got in there, wrestling was very cleaned up, very... Mm-hmm. Um, Rated G by then. Yeah, um, and 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 it was also very corporate structure at that point. Back then, wrestling was a completely different thing. It was taken seriously. Um, it was still protected in that it wasn't. Um, people didn't really say it was fake back then. You know, even wrestlers were like, "No, it's real" and all that stuff. So uh, they were always trying to protect the business, and and so I hope they show some more of that. I hope they show the real world within it and his struggles throughout that too. Uh, one man though, uh, one man. It has uh, been somewhat critical of uh, Hulk Hogan in the past, and when this I was announced today, I hadn't thought of this. Oh, I know you got you got a bonus sheet to it for us, don't you, baby? I call oh, you I a punk. <laughs> Iron Sheik, of course, has been very critical of Hulk Hogan in the past, and the, so after this was announced today, Iron Sheik says. Chris Hemsworth, you jabroni, I swear to Jesus, I suplex you when I see you. Remember who make the Hulkamania and is the real legend of the earth. So, um, when <laughs> when Tony Shalhoub plays Iron Sheik in the Iron <laughs> Sheik biopic. <laughs> oh, you know what's funny? There's going to have to be, like, that's important. The Sheik match with Hogan is important. That will be in the movie, right? So they're going to have to I, cast an Iron Sheik. I feel like I feel like they will put it in there. Um, the the movie will 150 million percent end with Hulk Hogan slamming Andre the Giant at WrestleMania three and oh, raising God, yeah. the belt up. So that's how that movie's going to end. Um, but the Iron Sheik thing did happen prior to that. So. Um, I f- that was his first. That was his first title. So more than likely, the Iron Sheik will be in there. So get ready for Tony Shalhoub versus Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> I would pay good money to see that. I definitely would. <laughs> that and was. I, I haven't even. I haven't even thought about. I, that was just like a real quick. <laughs> I don't know why Tony. The mustache, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> he, I mean, the guy wears a good mustache. And I'll tell you this: even if this Hulk Hogan movie sucks, at the very least, it got us an extra Sheik tweet. I call you a punk. Well, we have uh, Hulk Hogan biopic coming out in the deep future. Of course, it's only just been announced. So 
Uh, long way to wait until that one, but we did see some movies this past weekend. Seth was uh, on the road and seeing movies with our good buddy. At Jared Buckendall. The big man. And uh, <laughs> so we, <laughs> we in a second are going to cut away to some of the thoughts that you and Jared recorded after you saw each of these movies. Um, and then I'll give some of my own thoughts as well. We saw three movies this week. We saw uh, Alita, Battle Angel. We saw Happy Death Day to You, and and for some reason, all three of us saw Isn't It Romantic? And so, a, a pretty decent week at the movies, uh, and we're going to go in that order. So, let's go now to Seth and Jared in the past, reviewing Alita Battle Angel. I'm going to take you back in time. Where we're going, we don't need roads. Um, you posted a review on YouTube oh, on yeah. your yeah. page. At Jared Buckendall. Yeah, there you go. Um, I hope he still puts, puts <laughs> Sounders in. <laughs> Just cuts it out there. <laughs> so yeah, I got a chance to, to go check that out. Uh, you gave your thoughts on there, but don't mind give a little summary of what you thought. A little bit of a summary? Well, I mean, I, I don't know exactly. I, I guess I don't know your thoughts, so I'm, this is going to be really curious. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, from the first couple trailers or whatever, I was not in mm-hmm. on this movie at all. Yep. So I went in with kind of low expectations. But that was a that was a really good thing because I came out and I was pleasantly surprised by this film overall. I mean, the CG's great, the uh, the kind of world setup is really fun, the action set pieces are great. I mean, it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. It's uh, if I had to compare it to something, which maybe some people are like, "No, you're crazy," but I thought it was basically this year's Ready Player One. Yeah. You know, it's very yeah, much like po- like futuristic, mm-hmm. CG heavy adventure. Basically, this is a popcorn flick. Yeah, yeah. And, I approve. Like, definitely mm-hmm. go see this if you have the chance. Yeah. Um, yeah. What would you think of it? Very similar thoughts. Um, I the action was was excellent. I, I told people who either asked like, should I see it or like, I know t- I texted Cody after I saw it. Check this out on the biggest screen you can. I saw it in 3D, which I haven't gone to 3D in a while, but this was a cool one to see. I haven't been to a 3D movie since Valerian. Oh, you went and saw Valerian <laughs> Cody and in I 3D? Went, yeah, we saw it because that was at least looked cool in Valerian uh, in yeah. 3D, and, but the movie was garbage. Surprisingly, garbage. okay, they had some cool stuff in that yeah. movie, but it just it it's did terrible. not. Yeah, it did not hold up. Um, but this was really cool to see in 3D. Uh, again, I wouldn't see most in 3D, but because of the the CGI aspects and the action and and the world they have in it, it suits itself well for 3D. Yeah. Um, so the action was great, kept me entertained. The thing that I talked, I think, again with Cody off off air about was with most of these popcorn flick type movies, even like Ready Player One. There's it's usually like story, story, action, action. story, 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 action. Yeah. And this one was like action, 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 story, action, yeah. action, action. Yeah. Which is what kept me in it because, like, the middle act or the middle story was, I put me to sleep. I was, I fell asleep for a little bit. Of it. I, I, I agree. Where when they had the actual story stuff or kind of, I would almost say exposition or mm-hmm. like, hey, this is the world setup. That was kind of that was the down parts of the movie. And yeah. the thing is, if you were to draw the the, the fun that you had in this movie, it'd be yeah. a upward, and then all of a sudden, just a huge drop. <laughs> yeah, upward, huge drop. And the thing is, that kind of continues. I would say that yeah, the pacing was mm-hmm. not the greatest because right. i mean you just mentioned uh, you almost fell asleep halfway through <laughs> i did fall asleep but the thing oh you did <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay so yeah if you want to if you need a bathroom break go towards the middle of the movie i fall asleep way too much during movies um but 
the other two movies we saw did not fall asleep. So oh, I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm on a two movie streak. Wait, if, before you jump off, definitely, if you have a chance, treat yourself to oh, this we're movie. We're still keep talking about See this. See it on the biggest screen you can. Like, yeah. that, that is not an understatement. That, that is definitely... I wish I would have seen it on a bigger screen. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that the theater we went to today... It it's a new one that has an IMAX, and I kind of hope that they're showing it next. Like I'll go see this yeah. again on an IMAX screen, screen just to, just to see what it looks like. Have a few drinks before too; that might make oh, it more fun. Yeah. Um, well, but no, <laughs> <laughs> the action was really cool. I did like Alita, the actress who played Alita, and even though she's CGI, Rosa Salazar, yeah, she she did really good. I thought she did a good job for what she was supposed would, to do. Would you say that she can get it? <laughs> There'd be horn sounds if Cody was here right <laughs> now. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> She did a good job. I also liked uh, Christoph Waltz and his character, his relationship with Alita. I actually bought into that. Mm-hmm. Um, all the other relationships in this movie didn't buy into any of that. No. But uh, the their relationship, even though it kind of got extreme at the beginning and then worked its way out throughout, I thought it did a good job of that, and I cared about it by the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the love interest thing, that was garbage. What, with a discount Drake Bell? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like that? <laughs> I didn't even think about yeah. that. That was the first thing I thought when I saw him in the mat. And, and the thing is... The... He found a way. He found a way. <laughs> they had to pack a lot into this movie because... Yeah. I, I guess this is hard for me because usually I don't talk about spoilers, but I can totally spoil this, right? I, okay, they set it up for a sequel. Yeah. I can I can say that. I'm yeah. not going to spoil anything beyond that. But um, that's the thing is I feel like they threw a lot in this movie, but there's a lot more to be explained yeah. or explored. So... This love interest angle or whatever, I'm sure it could have been explored a little bit more, but they they just threw a lot in yeah. there. And that actor, the actor wasn't good. Drake Bell. <laughs> it's <was> Doug Bell. <laughs> His brother. <laughs> <laughs> um. Hey, Doug, we've got the role for you. <laughs> so, no, but like, he, he just was awful, awful actor. There was some, this movie was terrible. Like, the, the writing... Did not do him any favors. No, 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 no. <laughs> Even though he was a bad actor, the writing made him worse. There was just like all these lines where it's like, I love you. Baby, come back. <laughs> like stuff like that. I was getting, I was cringing at times. Yeah. But that's not why you come to this movie and you know that coming in. No, know? yeah. And then the the world, the world that they are, that, that they live in, I was like, I would watch way more movies yeah I'd watch like multiple movies the thing is i was thinking one. is just like give me <laughs> everyone's like oh give me more give me an eight-part series or whatever but yeah, yeah just the world yeah. of just people hanging out because you know the, there's this upper class world that we didn't get a look at mm-hmm. there's this lower class basically junk world of yep. all these people walking around and it's cool because it's futuristic it's cyberpunk um everyone has cybernetic enhancements and stuff like people are more machine than humans which who knows maybe we'll get to that (laughs) point and just have a mechanical penis or something i don't even know but outside of that those hunter warrior that that whole angle too with the bounties and that felt very much like a video game yeah it's like john wick with the the bounties and stuff Mm -hmm. there like the the whole uh continental stuff like that's that stuff's being explored through tv now so i could totally see an alita world because it's based off comic books right uh yeah comic anime manga whatever you want i mean don't at me about it okay (laughs) it has that whole aesthetic where you could create a whole world with it like the hunter killers and all that so Mm -hmm. um, i would definitely be down for another one that that's the thing is like i would see another one of these movies especially if they keep the action and pacing yeah don't focus as much on a love story yeah no you got to figure out what this movie is and it's 100 percent action popcorn fun yeah they tried to hammer some stuff home to give the i think they tried to almost with that love angle they tried to make 
it wanted you to s- humanize or sympathize with the CG character. Yeah. Um, but I didn't or need robot. That. But no, the thing is, the CG is fun. Like this yeah. is. I said I don't know if I'm gonna put it as the best motion capture that we've gotten because I th- I still think like, Caesar is probably up there. That's but a like, great one. This is Thanos the last yeah, year. This is definitely one of the best mm-hmm. of what they did with this. Yeah, and like I the CGI allowed me to buy into this world. Like so her and they kind of talk about in the movie like the per, the. Alita is like a brain and a heart, right? Like that's what in, is inside of that body. Uh, I, I mean, think. that's 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 basically what's left over. But yeah. I don't. I think Alita was just the name of the guy's daughter, right? Well, no, yeah, but I think like the robot that he found, uh-huh. I think it was a brain and a heart inside of it. Yeah, was that what that's that was, what was basically? Al- that's yeah. what was alive. Yeah, and because like all the other ones in this world is like they just have a new arm, they just have mm-hmm. a new leg. Some of them have a new penis. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're in this world. They give uh, uh, robotic penises so they can continue their porn careers. Like yep. Debbie does Dallas '95 and stuff. Oh like yeah, that, so now come into a uh, hydro disc. <laughs> hydro, <laughs> yeah. In the future, everything's made of water. Have you ever seen Waterworld? <laughs> the thing we haven't even talked about, and I think I mispronounced it in, or mis uh, called it or whatever in my review. It's it's Motorball, right? Yeah. Okay, I yeah. called it murder ball, which, I mean, that's basically what Way happens. Better. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. I think I did that wrong, but that's, no one's called me out on it. But yet. that's a pretty cool thing, too, they, that they do. I would see more of that, like more of that yeah. game. It reminds yeah. me of uh, of that rollerball movie that's not the Oh, my God. Not, not the, not no the one has James ever Bond. referenced <laughs> rollerball. That's a terrible movie, but it's great. Yeah, but I know what you're talking yeah. about. Because they had, like, robotic stuff, like machine-type stuff. They weren't, like, you know, like... yeah. Cy- cyborgs but they had like didn't they have like weapons and stuff like that when they played it i can't remember rollerball now we we might have to revisit mo- <laughs> rollerball <laughs> we're gonna keep tangent it's gonna happen <laughs> but no the, that's the thing is like there's two big sequences with this mo- murder bar motorball <laughs> murder i'm gonna ball. just call it mo- murder ball Let's but do it. the first one is basically it's like uh Alita's first glimpse, like almost like the if you imagine the first time you saw the Oasis too, that was yeah. kind of kind of yeah. how that was. And that sequence, I think that motorball sequence was better than the <laughs> Murderball, whatever. <laughs> I think that that one was better than the second one. Yeah. Um either way, they're awesome. Um during it though, that that is some stuff that's very fast paced, so the the CG is a little bit more jarring. Yeah. Um, it doesn't exactly line up with the quality that I would say Alita is done in. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, going back, this this movie, it's fun. Yeah. It's a fun movie. Yeah, it is. And and that's, I didn't expect to have as much fun as I did going in. Mm-hmm. Like you said, expectations were low, but even then I was just like, this looks like it could be a, like similar to like uh, results of like a World of Warcraft or like just some like crazy, like especially like who did, uh, James Cameron did it. Oh yeah, it, it just seems like it could have been really out there and like weird and and stuff like that. And it ended up being just like a fun, like the world worked. It was fun. It was cool action. Mm-hmm. It's one that like especially early on in the year, it's weird to recommend a February movie. Yeah, but it's I would recommend absolutely. This. And the thing is, like this got moved from what November or December was of it? last year, I think. Okay. Um, and that when it when you're you know you're putting your movie at the beginning of the year, I'm assuming that it's gonna be crap. Mm-hmm. And that's maybe why I why I thought it was so great is because I had like you said zero expectations mm-hmm. went in and had a great time, and I I just I hope this gets I mean it was a very large budget yeah very expensive film to do but I hope I hope 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 that we get at least one more because uh-huh. I just want to see a little bit more of this world yep oh yeah no overall though 
definitely a recommend i think from both of us what would you what would you give it out of five out of five yeah i like do, i like when you're doing the creative stuff because <laughs> i started i adopted that basically in my reviews because i get i gave it four out of five bug-eyed g- cyborgs yeah that, that was a good one i yeah. like that one um out of five <laughs> um probably like three point two or three mm-hmm. in that area like Fun time. I think the writing for me was at times so bad that it Goofy. took me out of it a little yeah. bit. But so much fun to watch. It's just one, of, like you said, a popcorn flick. Sit down, have mm-hmm. a good time. Mm-hmm. So, yep. So you guys were uh, you guys were pretty similar to what I thought about Alita: Battle Angel. I think you guys were a little bit higher on it than I was. Um, oh, I gotta say though, I sound pretty damn sexy in that review. So. I, you did a good job, man. And it's uh, like usually the hosting duties are mine. So it was in, so you having you carrying the narrative was was good. You did a good job. I'm proud of you. Thanks. Yeah. Alita Battle Angel. I so my general thoughts. It, I mean, this is a pretty quick one for me. It's it like you guys mm-hmm. said, the the action, the CG, the world building are all fantastic. There's mediocre to subpar acting in it, primarily mm-hmm. because there's mediocre to subpar writing in it. The, oh, terrible writing! <laughs> you made you made the point of the 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 male love interest is a total waste of time and screen in mm-hmm. this. Like I totally could have done without him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've heard a few other reviews say similar things to this. Where this is a very fun time at the movie theater. Mm-hmm. Um, highly recommend going, seeing it on a big IMAX 3D screen. Totally yep. fun. I'm never gonna watch this movie at home. Yeah, but I will definitely go to a sequel. So if yep, they make 100%. more of this, I will absolutely go to the sequel. But this one, in and of itself, I'm not going to say that it's a good movie, but I will say that it was a fun time, and I would recommend that folks see it. In the in the few days since uh, your your time with Jared, do you have anything you want to add? No, it's just uh, it's it's a movie that I I do look back. It's been about a week since I've seen it. Exactly a week actually, and it's it's I look fun. I look back fondly on it. I had a fun time. I really like Alita as a character. Um, I would see more of her. I would see more of those movies. It's it's it was just it's one of those ones I went in like I saw this trailer four months ago or whatever, and I was like, I am not seeing that movie. <laughs> and and then the uh, you know I saw reviews come out. I saw people saying that it's fun. Uh, Jared went to it uh, a day before I did and said it was a fun time. So I was like, you know what? I have nothing to do. I got a free couple of cinemias I need to use this month. I'll check it out and had a way more fun of a time than I expected. Yeah. Totally, totally worth the price of admission. I, I will certainly give it that. So this next one is one I know you and I and Jared have been looking forward to a long time. Uh, let's go through the time machine and hear Seth and Jared's thoughts on Happy Death Day to you. I'm going to take you back in time. Well, we're going. We don't need roads. Yeah, so happy death day to, to you. you. Yeah, <laughs> happy death day happy to you. Happy birthday, or happy death day to you. <laughs> hey, it's a birthday. <laughs> no, I'm, it's the same day. <laughs> um, so happy death day was one that kind of was a surprise. Uh, if you, it, actually, mm-hmm. I was thinking about it. It was summer, I think, of 2017 when it came out. Yeah. So it's only been a year and a half. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty short with most when most sequels get turned turned out. Uh, it seemed like they maybe even used some of the same footage from the first okay, one. Okay, and that, <laughs> but, that was one thing. I, I want to say that they, they they 100% did. Yeah. But I commend them that if they didn't, yeah. they nailed yeah, yeah. the exact, like, that was one of my positives, and maybe I'll have to do some research on it to see if, you know, it's leftover footage. But mm-hmm. they, they mirrored the first one very well perfectly um so basically so yeah the, the sequel to happy death day a big surprise from a, few, a year and a half ago 
everyone's back from the same from mm-hmm. the cast. Uh, they br- bring back all the characters, which is cool. The main girl, I, I have a trouble remembering her name, but tree. She, what her real her I don't know what her real name is, but tree tree, tree in, let, the, in the movie. Me, let me go on the internet quick and check <laughs> while while Seth vamps yeah. here. So uh, she basically through a series of events, and if you see the trailer, um, gets sucked back into her this loop that she was in in the first movie. Um, now that sounds in in the worry I had going into it was that it was going to be the same exact thing, and I they did enough in this movie to differentiate it and kind of explain a lot of stuff from the first movie, which is really cool. They introduced this through the Asian character. I can't remember. Their Asian roommate, but I can't remember. Do you want me to just start listing off names of people? Okay, the girl, Jessica Roth. Yes, yes. Um, I know Cody really likes her. The Asian persuasion, hold on a sec. <laughs> he wasn't perfect, but he got, like he got the movie going. Yeah, he got he, it going. He had a much bigger role yep. this time around. And and so, like I said, they explained, all of, they explained why this stuff happens in this movie, which was really cool. Fi Vu, I think. I, yeah, I don't remember his, his Wi-Fi, something like that. <laughs> yeah, right. So they explain that through different techniques. I don't want to go into any spoilers on this because I should probably rewind the mindless thing because it. <laughs> <laughs> so right. now we're talking about Happy Death. I mean, the ties in with the movie. We're talking about Happy Death Day. <laughs> exactly. Too. You. I just died and came back to this exact moment, which would be kind of a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about this movie for the rest of my life until I figure out how to fix it. Um, no, uh, it does use some cool um, and some things you've seen tropes in, in movies you've seen before but it does do a good job of, of tying this in to the first one with making it make sense i mean it is kind of just a little it is a lot out there yeah but it also makes sense with everything that, that happened so i like that um this movie seemed to be even less of a horror movie than the first one. Oh yeah this was def- definitely more of a comedy slash thriller yeah um there the thing is there's maybe one small jump scare there's like a it, few i think like anytime the actual baby guy is in the which is a horrifying mask which <laughs> i was all halfway through the movie i'm thinking there's the iconic mask there's the scream one there's jason yeah and i'm like is this gonna be a thing moving forward I, well it could be maybe if we get more <laughs> if so it's a bad design <laughs> yeah right well it's funny as it's, it's someone said in the movie who would use that as a mascot? And there's an NBA team that has a creepy baby as a mascot. Oh, God. The Are Pelicans. they teamed up with TurboTax? <laughs> <laughs> Wake up, Papa. <laughs> I love that child. Hey, Papa. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I totally agree, though, that it, it was it was more of a fun, kind mm-hmm. of lighthearted, jokey. There was yeah. a lot more jokes in the first one. And I think that maybe for a little bit that turned me off because I was like, this, this doesn't have the same tone vibe of the first yeah. one but it does in a weird way because yeah you know the first one starts off as a slasher and more of a horror film yeah. and then finds its comedy finds its comedy yeah because in the first one i think the first one has more of a in the box feel because it's all just about that girl in the first yes. one mm-hmm. and this one kind of introduces some of the characters to make it you know cohesive with the the overall like arc they're going with yeah. but the first one i enjoyed in a different way because it was just her trying to figure out what's going on, why the loop is the way it is, and how to stop it. Mm-hmm. This one is they're all using teams, it seems like. I mean, she's still the main focus and in the most of the movie, but it's like a team effort with all of them trying to figure out how to mm-hmm. get this to, to stop. Yeah. And yeah. I like I did like that because for me, and I've talked about this before with sequels, it's hard for sequels to not do the same thing and when it does do the same thing people either are really upset about it and they're like oh it's fun this did enough different for me to enjoy it Mm -hmm. and still feel within the same universe absolutely i will say 
getting it's not perfect no there's there's definitely stuff to the plot yeah. and characters that i thought was very convoluted and yeah maybe redcon stuff in the first one yeah, or just bit. or just stuff was introduced and then completely abandoned mm-hmm. 10 minutes later <laughs> yeah that was weird yeah, I, believe me, I don't want to get into spoilers because the, go and have a fun time. Because it's a movie worth seeing, and that's sure. the thing is like throughout this movie, I was, I was guessing, trying to figure out what was going on the whole time, yeah. and I like movies that keep you guessing. Yep, I was entertained throughout the whole thing. Never once, I never felt a slow point in this movie. Mm-hmm. I never felt like this need, you know, this needs to move on. It's an hour and forty some minutes. So it's, it's a quick movie. It's yeah. a pretty quick movie, and because it it is one of those things, like I said, keep guessing. It, it keeps you in it. So. Mm-hmm. That being said, so like all the people I mentioned with the actors uh, and and stuff like that, not they're all not really well known actors, and they're so their performances sometimes are a little, mm-hmm. eh, just a little too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never liked the boyfriend guy. The uh, oh shoot, is Israel Bru <laughs> some dude? Okay, yeah. the boyfriend. I never liked him really. He's his performance is just very bland and blah, and and I, for me, doesn't do much. I, I I don't really buy into the fact that she's with him. You know, yeah. I, they just don't seem like, and then they kind of sell that in this movie, like trying to be like she is really into this, and it's like for me, her personality and the way he plays his characters doesn't seem right to me. So I've yeah. never really bought into that. Yeah. For me though, I don't have a ton of complaints. I just like you said, mind mindless movie. Sit down, um, enjoy it. Again, I guess not mind again, not completely mindless, but yeah. like turn your credit hat off. Take that they, off. Yeah. They they try to do some very smart things in here. Yeah. Which I felt like maybe fell short. At but times. but they did things that definitely tied in with the first one and they didn't make it cliched. Because yeah. if you watch the trailer, I Basically, I thought I knew what this movie was from the trailer. Yeah. I was pleasantly surprised a lot of the times. Yeah. And it's another thing where it, it switches from the first one. This one is definitely more of a comedy. It was really kind of fun um, when there's certain parts where... Uh, this isn't a spoiler, really, but there's like kind of an explosion and everyone mm-hmm. goes in slow motion. Like, yeah, yeah. The guy spills, <laughs> basically, a guy spills his chocolate milk, but it's in the most hilarious way ever. <laughs> a yoo hoo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that, that's pretty funny. They do some cool things like that. So, uh, again, a movie, especially if you like the first one, I'd recommend checking out the first one. That one I thought, I do like the first one better um, mm-hmm. as, as a whole, just in terms of overall enjoyment and have, being sucked into that one. But I enjoy this one a lot too. Uh, if you like the first one, I say especially check it out. Um, or if you just want to go see, you know, a fun little horror yeah, thriller I mean, movie, check it out. Yeah, it's, I mean, beginning of the year, like, there isn't that much great stuff out right now. But definitely, yeah, this is, we, we just had a weekend of fun mm-hmm. movies, basically. Um, Do you have a score in your head yet for it? Well, before I jump into that, um, did you like, this? they, they pulled a Marvel uh, post credit scene Yeah, they this. did, they did. Um, so definitely, if you're going to go see this, Stay till I guess the mid After credits, the, yeah, yeah, the, the, the mid credits. Um, for a score, I would probably give this a three point three repeated days out of five. <laughs> okay. Uh, if I were to give this a score, <laughs> I would probably give it a three point two out of five repeated days. <laughs> if I were to, okay, this is getting annoying. <laughs> Basically, I'd give it like a three point three, three point four, maybe. See, I actually would give it a little bit higher. I'd probably give it closer to a three point. Five or six. Really? Just a little bit higher. I enjoyed it. I had, a, okay. I had a good time with it. All right. So that that's what you guys thought of Happy Death Day. And I, I'm generally in agreement to you. Again, I think I'm a little bit lower on this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. You mentioned in there that 
I'm a big fan already of Jessica Roth. I, I know you pointed that out in, in there, and I certainly am. I think she is she is awesome in that. And I think what I like this movie on the whole. I'm not going to accuse it of being a good movie. I think what this is is a vehicle for Jessica Roth to look cool like that, mm-hmm. and and I like that. I, I think mm-hmm. that she is definitely talented and will get great roles going forward. Hopefully, she doesn't get pigeonholed into more roles just like this. She's been in a couple of things. She was in La La Land. I didn't know that until I just learned that huh. today. Um, very small bit character, but I think she has a bright future. I think there's a couple other characters you might see as character actors in this. Uh, the sorority bitch in this. I think she. I think you'll see her in more roles going forward. Her more than the rest of them just has like star power. I think it's those two and then everyone else in this movie. And so I liked this, especially as a continuation to Happy Death Day, which I really liked. But again, I'm not accusing it of being a good movie. Like, it's messy. The narrative is a little bit... Like, there are, there are plot threads in this that start and then completely get forgotten <laughs> about. Yeah. And it's weird. And, and that's okay with me. Like, I had a fun time. The entire... The point of Happy Death Day is not to be smart about the time loops and the reasons for... Like, that's not the point. The point is, get me a vehicle to show a bunch of deaths and have Jessica Roth be charming. Like, those are the things. But I will say, she had some pretty good sort of dramatic scenes in this, too. Yeah. Um, My major takeaway, this is a decent movie. It's a fine follow-up. But Jessica Roth is a standout, and I think think we're going to see her in a lot going forward. I'm really excited to see what she does next. This movie was fine. Um, Again, it, it was good enough for me to not be pissed that they made it, um, but I can't give it much more credit than that, to be honest. And then generally, like, it's... For me, again, this whole thing is a vehicle for a cup for certain things, right? To make Jessica Roth look cool and then to give us some cool deaths and then repeat, right? It so when I look at it, how well did it do the things that it wanted to do? It did those things very well. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 knots between those things were a little tenuous at times, and there are problems with this movie, obviously. But uh, but I had a fun. Again, it's one that if people enjoyed the first one, they they should go see this one and they'll enjoy it. And I did mm-hmm. enjoy it. But again, I'm not going to scream from the rooftops that it's a great movie. All right, one more from the weekend, and I, I would have paid to, to watch the two of you guys buying tickets to, to this third one. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it romantic? The Rebel Wilson vehicle, uh, sort of a, a romantic comedy satire, is the third option. So let's get to what your two thoughts were as soon as you uh, left the theater. I'm going to take you back in time. Where we're going, we don't need roads. Nothing like two dudes going <laughs> to a theater to see a morning matinee sitting in a love seat together. Yeah, that that was what happened. It's it's very true. I had a lemonade. <laughs> I mean, icy. isn't it romantic? <laughs> it was very romantic. <laughs> yeah, isn't it romantic? So this is the one. I, the director who did this also did a horror movie, like in the same vein, where the, the characters knew they were in a horror movie, and. What movie is that? I can't remember what it's called. I want to watch that movie now. And and people really liked it. I can't remember what it's called now. Um, why you looked it up? So it has Rebel Wilson. Rebel Wilson. Rebel Wilson is the the main actress, and it's not typically an actress I like. She she kind of for me she feels like the discount Melissa McCarthy. Uh, sorry to jump in. Is it called The Final Girls? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she's kind of like discount Melissa McCarthy to me because she does she the exact same she shit. falls down and acts stupid and acts gross without without the talent that Melissa McCarthy has in acting. But I will say in this movie, having her as the lead made a lot of sense, and she did what her job was pretty well in this movie, I thought. So for those who don't know, isn't it romantic? She gets 
she hits her head, gets caught into a, a romantic comedy world, mm-hmm. and is kind of basically figuring out this world and trying how to figuring out how to get out of it. Essentially. Yeah, basically any and every trope that you know from a romantic comedy, mm-hmm. that's what's going on. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that if you've seen the trailer, you kind of get that from that. But yeah, she uh, jumping onto your thing. She's definitely a Melissa McCarthy. There was a few times when the movie's starting off. <laughs> She'd maybe fall or something. I'm like, oh, yeah, dude. She got hit by a truck or something. (laughs) Like, and and even then, I was just like, and I heard people around us laughing, and I'm like, stop it. You're encouraging it. Well, and that's the thing. I was like, if this is gonna be the whole movie, because I was like, the first five minutes, I'm like, dude, this is. I don't know if I'm gonna last. Yeah, and the first, like mentioning that, the first five to ten minutes when they're not in this romantic comedy world, it wasn't great. Like. It was. It kind of got slow starting out. Rebel Wilson does her usual thing and kind of yep. acts like timid and and nerdy and gross or whatever. Um, Adam Devine is playing his same. He's he plays himself. Remember. Yeah, he he's plays literally himself, just like, himself. Stupid and like oh, I'm making dumb jokes and being dumb. Betty Gilpin though from Glow, well, excellent show. If you haven't watched that, that's about wrestling. Wait, so. is that the secretary? Or who yeah, was yeah. that? Okay, that was I was the, like, I don't know who that is, yeah. but I was like, she played. She was actually she was good. Yeah, she she's been nominated for an Emmy for supporting, uh, for Glow. Um, I love her a lot, and she was great in this movie. She she kind of sets up the romantic comedy stuff yes. because she's watching uh, Wedding Singer. Yes, at work. <laughs> yeah, at work, and so she, that's how they kind of introduce that she loves romantic comedies. Um, I keep wanting to say Fat Amy because that was her name. Mm, in, I, in, Rebel uh, Wilson. <laughs> Re, Rebel Wilson was. Uh, it kind of gives us a opening quick scene how she was raised on all of these romantic comedies and wanted life yeah. to be like that, to find love, to yeah. have this perfect thing. And then her mom is drinking a, a wine. wine, but was that a, a beer thing? Yeah, but was that a scoop of ice cream in it? <laughs> I, I, I might have missed that. I might okay, because I thought it was a scoop of ice cream in a thing of wine. And I'm like, I want to try that because that sounds <laughs> they make that absolutely now. delicious, but maybe terrible. There's a, a who's it doing? I think. Alcoholic ice, I think, ice cream? I think Hagen dazs might be doing it. I know that there's alcoholic ice cream. I think or wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Hagen dazs is releasing into stores like pints of alcoholic Today's ice cream. Today's episode <laughs> sponsored by Hagen dazs <laughs> um, I'm going <laughs> to. I'll give you a, a pint of Three Wise Men ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> give me one of them Boone's Farm ones. <laughs> no, but yeah, she was, she was kind of raised up on this trope. Her mom shot down at an early age that that's not how life is. Yep. And then it gets into the movie. But, um,. Like you said, the the uh, real kind of before we get into this trope of uh, romantic comedies, mm-hmm. it's kind of slow. Yeah, you know, like you said, the secretary sets stuff up, uh, and luckily Liam it, Hemsworth is in there as kind yeah, of a a, <laughs> a dick. Basically. He's an American guy too, which yeah. is a pretty funny thing. Because if you've even even seen the trailer, you've seen that in the trailer, Liam Hemsworth is uh, Australian. So uh, they do that, they set it up with him being American. That's kind of funny, but funny yeah. joke. But so they they throw that, and he's like a dick boss. And then, and if you've seen the trailer, he loves her in, in this world. So they set all that up. Then once you get into the romantic world, like you're saying, um, it's that's when it picks up, and mm-hmm. that's when they start executing on the tropes of romantic comedy, but making fun of it. Oh yeah, and, and the, I thought like the thing is getting into that world. Mm-hmm. It was a drag, but I feel like they got into there quick enough. They did. Like yeah. if they would have spent any more time, I would have been like, "This is just too, too long to get into." But then yeah. once they're into this world, I thought it was very smartly done yep. about how they took a trope, yep. and they could have just easily thrown it against the wall and just been like, "This happens." Mm-hmm. But they did it in such a smart way yep. and such a clever, fun, endearing way, but also switched it a little bit yeah. at times because they they yeah they did um especially with kind of how 
some things are resolved at the end. But they did do a good job of of really being satirical with it all and making it smart, and you know, because you're aware of these things and mm-hmm. they make you aware of these things. But also um, playing into it still because the movie itself, even though it's making fun of a romantic comedy, it is still a romantic comedy. One hundred percent, and that's what I liked about it because at yeah. the very end, I was like. Uh, and then it turned itself around a little bit yeah. without any spoilers. But I was like, okay, now I like it again. Yeah. Talking again, going back to like Rebel Wilson, she fit perfect in this world because, again, she was aware of all this stuff, but they used her humor in a way that I thought, because she's in this world, she's not falling down all the time. She's not being stupid or smelly yes. or whatever. Yeah. Um, Gross she, and yeah, ridiculous. Exactly. She, is, she is using her humor without you know, taking everything out from under her with all that stuff. So they use her sarcastic humor to point out these things and really drive jokes home throughout it. Mm-hmm. Um, they also switched up, like I mentioned, with Liam Hemsworth, with other than Adam Devine, everyone has switched up. Yeah. Um, Adam Devine, actually, too, is a little less of his dumb, like, stuff. He was in the in, in the fantasy yeah. world or whatever. He was still basically him, but he was a little bit more uh, confident and stuff. Yes. So that was cool. I mean, everyone that they had in this world it worked it made sense um they all had each of them had a really funny joke the best one though is the gay best friend that they introduced okay the just uh, the the best part of this movie <laughs> is the gay best friend oh yeah 100 percent. because in the real world he's just a neighbor who smokes weed yeah and, he's basically just he's barely in the movie in the real world yeah but then when they get into the <laughs> into the romantic comedy world he is just flamboyant and like out there oh my and, god he this guy committed <laughs> Hundred percent. He he would like. They would even set stuff up with him, like because he would pop out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, there was a scene where he was just laying next to her on the ground randomly. Yeah. Like, because she calls him and he's like, "Hey, what's up?" And it would, like <laughs> the camera zooms out and he's already there. There's one scene where it's real quick. Um, she's in a hotel room, and they uh, they show him outside the window, like <laughs> walking up, and then he pops in the room, and it's just like, "Yes, <laughs> this is amazing." Yeah. Um, they do that really well. I, don't, I mean, I don't know who that guy is. Let me look it up. Okay. And I thought that I thought I'd have might have an issue with it because, you know, they're they're stereotyping him, stereotyping him with the with the whole thing. But the way they do it is a hundred percent stereotype. They're not offensive with it. It's a hundred. It's a hundred and fifty percent stereotype. So they know it's again satirical. It's uh, meant to be funny like that. And because they set this whole world up to be an over exaggerated romantic comedy, they can do that, make it funny, and still point out like, yeah, romantic comedies have flaws. They shouldn't have these characters, but it's funny and and it works with the movie. Brandon Scott Jones, I I don't know what else he is in, but yeah, he yeah. plays plays Perfect. the plays the per he's perfectly cast in this role. Yeah. It's just every time he was on screen, I think you were feeling it too. Like, yeah, every time he was on screen, you just start laughing, just start laughing because <laughs> it's just this guy takes up that stereotype to like two hundred yep. and just he kills it. He does one hundred percent, and and. I like we talked about it after when we walked out. It's like I'd watch another movie with just him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. It, just his quip. Like he he wasn't the main point at mm-hmm. all. He was definitely one hundred percent a side character. But yeah. the lines he got were just so great. Like you were you were gonna say one of the best lines. What what was it? Because uh, you were about to say it, and then I maybe cut you off. One of them is like they're uh, talking about like penis length or whatever and he's like between <laughs> between a baguette and a missile where where are we at yeah. and i'm like oh my god yeah they just gave him such such good stuff to work with but the thing is like it 
it's definitely playing into those tropes, like any and every trope you know mm-hmm. from a, a romantic comedy where like people might hate each other or coworkers might hate each other or all of a sudden people just start breaking out and dance, everything. Yeah. And I liked how from the real world to this uh, romantic comedy world, the color palette was yeah. much different. The the styling, the, the, the clothing, yep. everything was much different. So you could tell that there was a difference. It was just, it was just for surprisingly out of these three, this one I had the most fun with. Yeah, definitely the most fun. Um, it was genuinely funny. I laughed out loud the most out of all the movies this weekend. The funniest movie I've seen this year, I think, and that's including Lego Movie. Um, yeah, I, I, I had, I had more laughs out of this one. In terms of like negatives, there's not a whole. I mean, it's, it's again. I think the biggest negative for me is, is, is that it is a romantic, romantic comedy still. So, because I would like to have seen it be even more taking a romantic comedy and flipping on its head a little bit and, and driving home a few more of the romantic comedy points and and maybe steering away from some of the traditional because the stuff they're making fun of is still the stuff they're doing mm-hmm. and so i would have maybe liked to have seen it not have as much of the romantic comedy stuff in it um by the end of it but not a whole lot for me to complain at this one uh, everyone does a really good job in their roles i thought for two actors i don't really like that much uh in adam divine and, and mm-hmm. rebel wilson mm-hmm. i liked them a lot in this movie so. yeah uh i i 100 agree with you what you're saying um just some of the stuff just didn't work and it would have been nice if they even switched it up a little bit more mm-hmm. um because after a while it does follow a very familiar yeah yeah uh template but they do point poke fun at it yeah. so i'll allow that um yeah, like we said, the gay best friend is hilarious. Liam Hemsworth he's is good. is pretty good. Yeah. There's that one scene where he's just like kicking a bush. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea, but it was hilarious. Yeah, it just it was just bonkers. Anytime and weird. he was on the phone, he was like kicking and like jumping. It, it and was, like it was just weird. I don't know what was going on. But then there was also um this, this guy couldn't just a completely extra or whatever yeah the bar scene where they're dancing <laughs> the bartender was killing it <laughs> he is in the background just like swinging towels around but he is committed oh it's great <laughs> no yeah like everything is executed really well so i know what i would give this give this movie in terms of a score what would you what would you give um, i would give it slightly above uh, happy death day actually this is probably my favorite of the weekend really um so like a four or just no shy? it would just be like a it'd be like a 3.6 i think okay i was thinking it'd be 3.6 um pepper sh- restaurant pepper shakers <laughs> out of five you'll get that reference yeah, you if see you go movie. see this movie you'll know what we're talking about <laughs> Yeah, I would. I, I was gonna throw it at about a three point seven, three point eight. Okay. Um. Obviously, my review will be out. When When does this go live? Uh, it'd be next Friday. So okay. So mine Mine will be up. Yeah. So yeah. Like, share, subscribe at Jared Buckendall. At Jared Buckendall. At Jared Buckendall. I hit the button. No. <laughs> so we both definitely enjoyed this movie a lot. Which uh, Which is a surprise. Cause yeah. Out of I, I did not want to see this yeah. at all because we I'm like, this is gonna it, be yeah. horrible. And then, like, a few reviews came out. I saw the Rotten Tomatoes score. I'm like, okay, at least there's some sort of redeeming qualities yeah. to it. So, yeah, we were, you were kind of joking about it, like, oh, if we have time, I'll go see it. But, yeah, it ended up being a really fun time, and this one was surprisingly the, my favorite of the weekend. Mm-hmm. So. so, this third one, I, again, the, the theme of all of these is I am, I'm still coming in lower on this than you guys did. Uh, that's not to say that you, you know, you didn't love it. You're not voting at Best Picture, but, like, this uh, this was this was a movie that I didn't expect much out of, and I got more than I expected, which yeah. is good. Uh, I think Rebel Wilson is actually pretty charming in this. I, I liked her, and I, I'm mm-hmm. like you, like you said, Seth. I don't like her in general. 
She no. reminds me a lot of Melissa McCarthy, just like you said, and she works better as a side character. But she's just not as this. talented. <laughs> yeah, and and she she carries this and she fits this role well. I'm not ready to say she's a leading actress, but in this no. movie, she totally works. Uh, the rest of the cast is awesome. I, I again, I totally agree with what you said about Adam Devine. I don't generally like him, but I think he was fine in this. Uh, he did his job. Liam Hemsworth was a standout for me. I, I love him. And their whole, soon we're going to get a movie with him and Chris Hemsworth in it. That's going mm-hmm. to happen. And I'm there for it. Second one. Priyanka Chopra is perfectly fucking stunning. And I just want to mention that she can get it. <laughs> Uh, and actually, by the way, I forgot to do this a second ago, but Jessica Roth from Happy Death Day to You absolutely can get it. And while I'm on the subject, uh, Jared asked the question while you guys were talking about it. And I'm going to go ahead and say that Alita can indeed get it. So I forgot to hand out some That's horns weird. Uh, during those early ones. But uh, but we're here now. Anyway, it was a tough call, Seth, but, but I, it had to be made. I, I know, And I was on the fence about it with Alita. But, um, you know, I, I err on the side of of getting it so you err on the side of horns <laughs> that's true i do anytime i can put a sounder in where it doesn't belong it is fucking going there back to isn't it romantic the absolute best part of this movie you guys were both right is the gay best friend <laughs> totally perfect like they what's funny about this is they're very obviously pointing at him and being like this is a problem and they say yeah. it explicitly more than one time yep. you have to do that to get away with it but you could put him in most romantic comedies and he just literally is playing. He's not going over the top. He's doing the correct amount <laughs> of rom-com gay best friend. But uh-huh. but they're pointing out that it's problematic and he was hysterical. I was laughing so hard at like everything he said. And again, he's a perfect side character. I don't know that he carries a movie or whatever, but anytime he popped in, I was like, all right, here comes some funny shit. And he yep. did not disappoint. I loved that part of it. And yeah, I, I think a lot of what they did to sort of circumvent the genre and get under it, I, I enjoyed. Um, but like you guys said, they don't they don't stick to their guns on that, right? They they come out and they tell you we're we're going against rom com, but then in doing that, they end up spinning right back around to rom com. And maybe mm-hmm. that was the point, but that's not what I expected. Right. And so I was a little disappointed by that. But on the whole, I mean, this was a fun time with the movies, great date movie. Um, it was. I'm glad I saw it. I'm never going to watch it again. So there were there yeah. were some good parts of it, but again, I'm not ready to call it a good movie. And I think I think we all agree on all of this. Um, when I say that you guys were a little higher on these things, I think that a big part of that is how do we how do we judge movies that come out in February, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this February, as you guys mentioned, has been a nice February. Um, but a lot of that is because of expectation, right? Mm-hmm. If 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 this movie isn't a romantic came out in October, you're not going to see that movie. So mm-hmm. this is a good example of how February can be a good time for movies because this is a movie we were never going to go see, but we went and saw it and we were pleasantly surprised. And I'm glad that I went to it. Mm-hmm. So February can be a good month and it can be a place to dump something that otherwise wouldn't have done well and get a and get an audience because all mm-hmm. of these are movies that I might have skipped. Well, I would have gone to see Happy Death Day. But Alita and Isn't It Romantic are both movies I might have skipped if they came out another month. So I, I think mm-hmm. it, I think it's good. I'm glad that I went to them. So uh, pretty solid President's Day weekend at the movies. Fun times. Uh, we are, I will say, the best part about my movie weekend was they showed the trailer for Jordan Peele's Us before Happy Death Day. And I was mm-hmm. sitting in front of a couple. <laughs> uh, actually, it was like it was like a few couples that were like in... Uh, 
high school age. And they were all like, fuck, that looks so scary. And I was like, yeah, it, I hope it is very scary. So that's coming out in a few weeks. So I, that Getting yeah. excited for that was the best part of my movie weekend, but it was still a pretty solid time at the theater. It does look terrifying. Um, that So Jared is doing that, you know, the, the no trailer thing for that movie. And that mm-hmm. did come on right before Happy Death Day started. And oh, so no. he was like huddled in his chair with his, his, his hands over his head, just like you were before <laughs> the Spider-Man trailer that one time. Yep. So... Yeah, it wasn't convenient to to leave the theater in that point because we were waiting on food. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was he had to he had to take extra measures. So, uh, it was it was entertaining. But uh, yeah, that trailer is is uh, terrifying. Um, they, the trailer they showed was I think a second trailer for it. So I got to see a little extra footage, and uh, it. Whew, I'm gonna need to I'm gonna need to bring some some diapies to that one. <laughs> There you go. I think, and we'll we'll talk about this another day. I think it's going to be a good year for horror. There's some good looking stuff coming out, and if 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 most of it Hi, doesn't Georgie. disappoint, then it could be a really good year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's a big reason why. <laughs> I cannot fucking wait for that movie. Oh my god, I'm charged up. All right, so it uh, that is going to do it for our movie reviews. And that is everything we want to get into the show, except for one major thing, uh, probably for a lot of you, the reason that you're listening to this episode is to hear our picks for the 2019 Oscars. I apologize for my appearance. I hoped I might be employed here by you as something, a monster for the children to play with, perhaps. Do you foresee any issues in working for a black man? You in the Deep South? Well, since you asked, I hate blacks. My mouth to God's ears, I really hate those black rats. Uh, The vice presidency is mostly a uh, symbolic job. That is easily the sounder I'm most proud of. <laughs> that is awesome. That, that one is, is actually fucking sweet, right? That one is actually giving me a few like chills throughout. I was like, oh man, there's some awesome movies in there. Yeah, the, <laughs> the music, the music definitely helps. I, I when I tell you, I listened to that 40 times last night, and I was just yeah. running around in my apartment like, yeah. <laughs> How many blacks comments could you put in there? <laughs> that was all. That was so. I went in the trailer, and I was like, I was like, I gotta get some of him. I was so I went to the trailer and I hadn't I don't remember having seen the trailer before the movie so I was like I'm hoping that what he I hoping he says I hate blacks I was like (laughs) that's what I was looking for that's the sound because I I had a an idea of the clips that I wanted and I was like hoping they were all in the trailers and that was specifically the part I wanted I was like yes when I found it Mm -hmm. that and the um the uh the trailer for Bohemian Rhapsody so I watched all of these. The trailer for Bohemian Rhapsody is fucking Amazing. incredible. It's so oh my good. god, it got me charged up. Yeah. And um it's I just love trailers. I, that's part of why I love Sounders too. I just I I don't know. It gets me charged mm-hmm. up. So I uh, I know a lot of people have been confused. Uh so let's let's go ahead and put this rumor to bed. Uh I am the editor. Guys. <laughs> so the uh the Sounders and the editor that's that's me. And so I came up with uh with that sounder and i'm gonna try to squeeze it in as, even though it's a minute long i'm gonna try to squeeze it in as often as possible because i love it so much we will uh, our final choices will be for best picture uh but we are going to go through uh our picks and we also 
also are going to cut away to Jared's picks and comments from the other day. I promise we won't hit the time travel sounder every time. <laughs> uh, that would be a lot. But all right, so we will make our way up to best picture. We are working from our official Oscars 2019 document that you can find a link to in the description box. So make sure you're hitting that so that you can download it, make your own picks, and then send them in. And we are going to include them along with our own. I know we have at least five people participating already in the Oscar picks. So uh, make sure you send those to us before the Oscars begin. And if you're the top winner, uh, we are going to have some prizes involved. And I think Jared might be getting in on the fun and including some prizes as well. So there will be some sort of prize pack for the top winner, uh, but it's probably going to be me and I'll get all the prizes anyway. So uh, it doesn't matter, but you can take a chance and uh, you might get to win some cool stuff. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, But the only way to win is to submit your picks before the Oscars. So make sure you're downloading that document and submit your picks before the beginning of the show. Um, before, and actually before we get into our nominees, I know that there was a, a, a big hubbub over the last couple of weeks about what was going to be televised and what was not. And we got big news over this last week. All, uh, categories are in fact going to be televised. Uh, there aren't going to be anything during the commercials, which is good news. And I know that for folks like us who are interested in the awards, uh, we don't care about the time, you know, we're just interested in seeing all the awards. So I, you're, you're as, as happy about this as I am, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, honestly, I don't care that much about the word. Like, I'm excited for it, and I'm excited to see all the words. I don't care that much about the televised. I just can't wait for the songs, especially Shallow. And then I mm-hmm. did watch Buster Scruggs, and yeah. I, 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 I hope they play that song. <laughs> it is going to be super fun, and, and we'll we'll get to uh, we'll get to original song in a few, and we'll come back to that. But uh, we're going to start at the bottom of our list. These are the best costume nominations. Seth, what do we have? The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Black Panther, The Favorite, Mary Poppins Returns, and Mary Queen of Scots. So I like this category, um, and it's it's off. Like th- this is exactly what you usually see, right? You see uh, period pieces, and you see like sci-fi is is a lot of times involved in this. And so we have an interesting mix. I mean, it's really those two things, right? So you mm-hmm. have Buster Scruggs is sort of the old West. Uh, the favorite and Mary Queen of Scots are old England. Uh, Mary Poppins is sort of a contemporary England kind of thing. And then Black Panther is sort of sort of a sci-fi thing. But, you know, interesting costumes there. Uh, I'll start with my pick. I chose Black Panther here. And I think uh, Black Panther will get wrecking. Black Panther will win an award. I firmly believe that. Uh, whether or not it's this one, I don't know. But Black Panther will win an award. And I think this is a great place for them to do it. And I think the costumes in Black Panther are just fantastic. I mean, every, they set the tone for Wakanda, and they really didn't have much to work from uh, because the old comics, the outfits in the comics weren't exactly stuff they could put to screen. So uh, I went with Black Panther, but uh, I think this is a wide-open category, and you could uh, give me just as good a reasons for any of these nominees. So I only went with one point. This was my, this was my last pick. I went So th- this one, I thought similarly in terms of points. I went with two, but... <laughs> Um, (laughs) this one I went with the favorite and the reason I went with the favorite and I I agree with what you said about Black Panther but I think with the favorite the costumes were a huge part of what takes you into this world I mean there's such huge like like just every single person in this in this movie was dressed to that time dressed to that theme and puts you into that world immediately for Mm -hmm. me and and we're like 
Black Panther's costumes are great and very inventive and very different, uh, very cool looking for Marvel. They're they're not costumes that have ever existed, which to one thing is like that's that's great for like imagination and creativity. But I know a lot of times too with Oscars and the Academy, they're looking to be in the more artistic side of things and in the more um, especially like a film like The Favorite be in this period piece and and put people into that world and I, I think that's again I'm not super confident about it with it being two but I think that's the, the academy is looking more to award these type of films the artsy films as opposed mm-hmm. to you know Black Panther yeah, the, the favorites uh, the favorites an interesting one on the whole because it's another movie that Gross. I, I'll be surprised if the favorite comes out with no wins Mm-hmm. Um, but also, and this is a bit of a spoiler, I'm not, I didn't pick any, I didn't pick the favorite for anything. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, maybe I'll be wrong, but this, this just seems like one of those movies that has to have an Oscar. Um, so we'll be interested to see what, uh, what, uh, what wins costumes. So, uh, let's go now to Jared's pick. So what I picked is Black Panther. Okay. Um, this is a number nine for me. Nine. Ooh, that's kind of, that's, ah, that's kind of high. Well, up. yeah, you believe me. I was sitting here, we were playing Smash Bros and I was like, I don't know where to put this. Um, but the thing is, it's just because all of the costuming in this movie yeah. is so bright and vibrant, yeah. and it's it's extravagant. There's a, there is a lot going on. Each yeah. each different uh, were they tribes or uh, communities yeah. Yeah, or whatever they are, whatever they are. They each had their own style basically, mm-hmm. and that's what I like. So Seth Jared picks uh, Black Panther there, uh, so he mm-hmm. agrees with me. But he also puts nine points on it. Does that surprise you? Yeah, that was kind of that was kind of a high high one. I don't know. It's it, it's especially hard too with like once you get past those. There, there's a few that are like a lock that are a lock this year. Which actually I felt like there was more locks, quote unquote locks, than I felt last year. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I won last year because I'm awesome. Each but uh, <laughs> but um, once you get past that point, it's kind of a toss up, you know. And and I know it's a lot of points, but when I was looking at it, once I got down to like nine, eight, seven, that's when I started thinking like. Okay, it could really be any of these. I feel more confident about some of these, but especially too, if you're not um, someone who's done Oscar picks in the past or pays a lot of close attention to the Oscars, it can kind of be hard to to pick those. So, mm-hmm. yeah, at some point you've got to bet big on something you're not very sure of, and mm-hmm. uh, that point for Jared came on uh, the first one that we reviewed. So. Uh, let's move forward, and uh, I love this award because as I've as I've gotten to love movies more over the past couple of years, I've started to appreciate more the score. And so here are our nominees this year for best original score: Black Panther, Black Klansman, If Beale Street Could Talk, Isle of Dogs, Mary Poppins Returns. I like how you stick the extra K in, in Black Klansman. That's, that's, I, see, I see what you're doing there. That's good. Uh, what do you have for best score here? So this one, again, very low confidence points. Um, I feel good about this one, though, but I just, especially with music, um, that's not just music, I guess, because um, I have higher confidence points on a different music category. But um, I guess score is something I don't t- pay a ton-, ton of attention to. I had a really low score last year for the score, too. That was uh, not a pun intended, but um, I put three on this one and I went with If Beale Street Could Talk. And so I saw all these movies and Beale Street had some really romanticized moments in it with the score. This is one that I remember seeing and pointing out the score in my head like, oh, this is really cool. This is really 
the music was emotional a lot. And they used the music, a lot of instrumental music, to drive home some points in the movie. I think I might have even brought it up in the review. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you did. That, okay, so the, the, the music in this one just really added a lot. Um, when I think back about this movie, I, I can picture the colors and I can hear... I can hear the music in my head for certain scenes. I can still hear that the score, and especially in the trailer too, they they do it a lot. And so this one, I I knew going in, like I, I think I'm going to go with Beale Street, but the score is not something I feel very confident about a lot. So I only went with three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So similar to so I didn't see Beale Street, Beale Street yet. It's, I do have it on my list. Um, so you may very well be right. Uh, the movie and with score, a lot of time you don't just like you said, you don't notice the score. So when I notice the score in a movie, it definitely sticks out. And for me, that movie this year was Black Panther. And I think that what they did here to, to, to combine, you know, modern day hip hop with sort of African, uh, traditional African music and what they did, what they created by combining those two things was very good and also heavily informed the movie. When Killmonger's on screen, you're hearing hip hop. And when, uh, T'Challa's on screen, you're hearing more traditional music. And so it, it it was part of the immersion of the whole thing. And I think this is one of the things that Black Panther did very, very well. Again, I think Black Panther will get a win. And I think this is a, you know, if it's not costumes, I think it could be here. Um, I gave this one six points. So I was, I was a little higher on it than you are. Um, and uh, Black Panther, just a great score. And I've listened to it outside of the movie since then um so of the movies i saw it was definitely my favorite score but again i didn't see see beale street so that's the advantage that you have you're gonna love beale street when you do see it it's oh i'm so stoked i heard i just listened uh again to another review and it uh got me pretty charged up uh let's see what jared thought for score complete throwaway here yeah didn't have a damn clue i i put this as one because i don't know what i'm gonna do here (laughs) Um, I picked If Beale Street Could Talk. It's a good pick. I, I haven't seen that movie, though. It's a great so, movie. Excellent uh, movie. I mean, my pro- thought process is uh, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I got to say, I think you might be right on that one. For one, though? I think um, That's not good. I, I might, shouldn't have put one point on yeah, it. But I, honestly, though, that's especially if you haven't seen that. You haven't seen that or Black Klansman, right? Or you did see Black No, Klansman? I haven't seen either of those. Okay, so did you see Isle of Dogs? No, you haven't seen like any. Did you only see Black Panther in this? Uh, and Mary Poopins. You did see. You did see Mary Poppins. Yeah, yeah. sorry, right, we talked about that. Yeah, BMX um, bike scene. <laughs> Check it out. Oh, it's probably the best scene. See, of that's the thing is like the score. I I was like, I don't know what. And I I guess I originally thought that First Man would be in here, mm. and I was like, that's my pick, but yeah. obviously it didn't make it. So, so Jared agrees with you on Beale Street, but he only went for one point. So uh, goes uh, goes anti confidence on this one, but. Uh, Definitely in agreement with you. I think uh, I don't want to call Jared out on anything, but uh, I don't know how you miss Beale Street and Black Klansman in the same year. That seems like a pattern for me, <laughs> Jared. So uh, let's—I'm not going to get into it. At Jared Buckendall, but that's where you can tweet him if uh, if you've got questions for him. Just uh, we'll yeah. leave it at that. <laughs> you know what's really weird though? He did see White Boy Rick. What's going on here? Yeah, what the fuck, Jared? <laughs> uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> I actually don't know if he saw White Boy Rick or not. I I don't know if he did or not, but that's funny. Watch us get into a race war with Jared online. Um, let's uh, let's go forward now. Now this is an award cinematography that was going to be a during the commercials award, which is so dumb. Cinematography is a huge part of the movie. Like you can't have mm-hmm. a good movie without good cinematography. So I am really stoked or to talk about a movie it. or a movie at all. Yeah, this is the guy that points the fucking camera. So there is no movie without it. 
so we have a, a great set of nominees, even though I do think we have a clear winner, uh, not to spoil anything, but uh, who are our nominees for cinematography? Cold War, The Favorite, Never Look Away, Roma, A Star is Born. I'll go first here, and uh, this is the first time Roma has come up, but uh, as you'll hear from from uh, my picks, I'm sure your picks, I, I know some of Jared's picks, Roma's going to do very well in this Oscars, I believe. And mm-hmm. uh, this, is a, this is a win that I think it will get. And I, I went with eight points, so I was kind of in the middle in terms of my confidence with Roma. But even just what I've seen in the trailers, there's some great shots here. The way mm-hmm. he sets up, and you've seen this in his other movies, he does kind of a slow track, uh, along a scene to really give you, and then he'll zoom way out to give you scope, and then he'll 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 keep the main character, who in this is a housekeeper, kind of off center, uh, which sort of hammers home this point that she's important, even though she's not the center of this family's world. Like even just a couple shots, I'm able to pull some things out by just looking, and I, I can't even hear dialogue in, in what's in the trailer. So mm-hmm. I love just what the small bits I've seen in Roma, and I have to imagine that you agree with me on this pick. Yeah, I agree with you as well. Just a tiny bit higher with the confidence. Uh, picked Roma, but I went with 10 on this oh, okay. one. Um, and, and mostly it's because uh, Roma contains the three Ds that are required for oh, winning winning a cinematography Oscar. And those three Ds are driving, dog shit, and dong shots. Those are the three Ds. <laughs> it, it's, all, it, it's all shot really, really well. And really, it's. I think this one is as is, is close to a lock as you can get. Um, mm-hmm. Still feel confident in a few more, more confident in a few more areas, but uh, I think Roma, just the way that the passion that Coron put into it, and and because I think he shot it too, if I'm not mistaken, he did. Um, so he uh, he so much passion he put into it. All the shot, every single shot in this movie is deliberate, and that's not something you can say for a lot of movies. Like you know, a lot of times movies are just shot to cap- capture. Um, the moments from the actors. This 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 one you can tell from every angle, from everything they show. The black and white, the dog poop, all of it is shot deliberately. Um, sometimes I guess I don't know why, but he made a choice on every single shot in this movie. Yeah, let's uh, let's go to Jared, and I don't think you're going to be surprised by his pick. So I went through this list, and I got to go with Roma yeah. because. Black and white, no matter what. Black yeah. and white movies win, <laughs> right. no matter what. Like the one, what, maybe five years ago, The Artist? Yeah, that's a good movie. Yeah, never even seen it. Good I just one. know it was black and white, and then everyone's good. like, oh, go see The Artist. I like Yeah, that. no, I didn't see it. I was um, very inventive. So Roma, and I picked a 12. 12? Ooh, that's yeah, high. That's because a hard one. it's going to win it. <laughs> that's okay. why I picked it. I will. We, you heard it here first. Here first, I'm going to pick Roma, I guess. Yeah, pick Roma for <laughs> cinematography. <laughs> So Jared agrees with the two of us. He's got Roma for 12 points, so he's even a little more confident than you. I thought I was high on this, but uh, it sounds like sounds like we're all getting points uh, on Roma for cinematography. You're Before- so high, yeah. <laughs> There you go. Uh, I will, I do, before we go on, uh, you know, we've all picked Roma, but I do want to shout out The Favorite and A Star is Born, and those are mm-hmm. the only, I didn't see Never Look Away or Cold War, but The Favorite had some great shots. You pointed out in our review a while back the use of the sort of fisheye wide-angle lens for mm-hmm. a couple of shots in there I thought was really interesting. And then they Yorgos uses some angles that are sort of below looking up uh, a lot of the time that I think that inform the story a lot and, and visually tell a lot. Uh, and then The Star is Born, I, I, it's really hard for me to pick out specifically what I really liked about the cinematography, but that's the thing that I walked out 
really enjoying, really having enjoyed about A Star is Born. And specifically, mm-hmm. there's one shot in there, and it's in the trailer, where they walk off the bus, and it's off Yeah, yeah. And I don't know why I love that shot so much. And he probably they're probably getting the nomination based just on that shot, and that's fine with me. But those mm-hmm. are those those two definitely I really enjoyed. So even though Roma seems like a lock, I, I thought those two were great too. Yeah, they they also really capture the ens- essence of urine in that in the Stars Born. So good job to the cinematographer <laughs> in that one. <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, let's roll forward. And visual effects is another one, kind of similar to costumes earlier. You never quite know what the Academy is looking for here. So we have a varied list of nominees. Uh, So what do we have here if this is visual effects? Avengers Infinity War. Christopher Robin. First Man. Ready Player One. Solo, colon, a Star Wars story. Uh, I love the colon in there. I forgot the colon I, in Infinity War. I did. Um, I also say <laughs> just saying Christopher Robin like that was really weird because that is not an intimidating name at all. Oh God, not at all. It's not like Judge Dredd or something like that. Um, I think all of these are great. Like again, it's it's a matter of what is the Academy looking for because you have everything from CG to like augmented with people to people and CG interacting to an entire CG world. So there's a lot different, a lot of differences here and a lot to like in each of these. What was your pick? I went with Avengers: Infinity War. Um, this this now I know you believe that Black Panther will win something. I don't know if I 100% agree with that, but I do believe Marvel slash Disney will win something. And that's why I went with Avengers Infinity War here with seven points. I mean, Infinity War is, there's not a second in that movie where you're like, you know, like, you know, it's CGI, but you're not like, oh, come on. You know, like Mm -hmm. the whole thing, the the whole thing from start to finish is pretty much CGI, but it's such good CGI where you're just bought into that from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the only other movie that gives this uh, a run for its money is First Man, mm-hmm. um, and and that you've talked about it many times before. That just just that for that Earth shot alone, um, when he's on the moon and all that, it's uh, it's it's incredible. So, um, and I know these a, a lot of uh, somewhat a lot of practical stuff too. They did a lot of a lot of. A, a lot of heavy work in the visual effects of this, but I still, I think I got to go with Avengers, if not just for all the crazy CGI, but just Thanos alone is incredible what they did. They made an entirely CGI character the most real thing on that screen throughout mm-hmm. that movie. So um, it's impressive to no end, and uh, that that's why I got to go with Avengers. Yeah, I can, I, can, I can totally see what you're talking about, and as much as it kills me, I'm agreeing with you here. Uh, oh, I, wow. picked, I picked Avengers for five points and I know why you're saying, Oh wow. And I'll come back to that in a second, but I, I agree with you. There's so much CG in this movie. Like if you see any of the behind the scenes stuff, not a, there's not a <laughs> frame of this movie that's completely natural. Mm-hmm. And that is becoming more and more the case for movies in general. But uh, here you never thought about it. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's never a moment in here where you're like, they're CG, you know, it, it, it completely is convincing the entire time. Now, the question becomes, is that what the Academy is looking for? We don't know. Uh, the Avengers did what it did very well. Christopher Robin uh, had Pooh come to life very well. Ready Player <laughs> One built an entire, gross, uh, Ready Player <laughs> One built an entire CG world, and that worked really well for what it was. Uh, Solo, I mean, we never give Star Wars credit for its visual effects, but that's a shitload of visual effects. Mm-hmm. And, and then First Man, I think, was different in that it was creating real shit 
Everything else was creating fantastical stuff, but First Man was creating real stuff, and I wanted to pick First Man. I did, and it's it's a crime to me that it's not more nominated than it is because I think that in ten years we'll look back at the at First Man as one of the best films that came out this year. But it for whatever mm. reason it's not getting the love, and I know you're you don't agree with me, but maybe in ten years mm. you will. Mm. Um, so as much as it killed me to not vote First Man, I did pick Avengers. I agreed with you uh, for five points here. And yeah, I agree. I think this is another really good shot for Marvel to get in. Uh, so let's see what Jared said. This was a complete crapshoot. This is number two on my number list. Number two, it's poop. So I, I yeah, just poopy doops. Um, <laughs> I did not know what to pick here. And I kind of, I wanted to pick Avengers, which I maybe should, but I went with First Man. First Man? I just think that it's more grounded for some reason. I don't think that people okay. are going to pick, even though Avengers had... A lot of good stuff in there, mm-hmm. except for uh, Hulk and the Hulkbuster. That was very yeah. bad. I could have done that. <laughs> <laughs> so Jared had more balls than me. He does go with First Man. I love that pick. I can't even disagree with it. He only goes two points, so he goes light on First Man. But uh, So I like the pick. I, like I said, First Man would be my next pick, and it was one of – if I nominated my uh, Cody's Oscars, the Coscars, uh, it would be first man would be one of my best picture nominees. I, I'll, I'll say that. And so I, I don't think it's nominated past this point, but I wanted to get my point in about first man in case you forgot that I liked it. <laughs> so let's go forward into the editing category. And again, it's, it's, it's a question of what is the Academy looking for? Because there's a lot of a very varied uh, group of nominees here. Seth, what do we got? Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, the favorite. Green Book and Vice. So this one, uh, again, a movie that I was way higher on than you and Jared um, is Vice. And I think the, the reason that I'm picking Vice in this category is that, yes, all of these other movies are edited well, but Vice is editing. Like the, that movie doesn't make any fucking sense without great editing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's carried so much by what it's done on the edit. Now, there's great editing in, in Black Klansman and in Bohemian Rhapsody. And I think Bohemian Rhapsody is going to win an award for sound editing because of what they did with The Voice. But uh, editing in general, I think this has to go to Vice because it's it's asking way more of the editor than these other movies. And it does it just Just as like well. this podcast. <laughs> exactly like this fucking podcast. So <laughs> I went with Vice here. I picked seven points. Uh, so I'm pretty confident on this one. Uh, again, it's just it's it's asking way more and then delivering on its promise uh, for Vice. I think so much of this movie depends on editing. It makes sense to me that it would get this one. I also went with Vice. Um, not anywhere near as confident for the second year in a row. Editing gets one point, <laughs> and uh, I I just don't like I, editing even more even more so than uh, like like uh, the the score or sound design stuff like that. Is something I don't really pay close attention to, but that's also something to be said um, for a movie. If it's edited well, you don't notice the editing. Um, you notice it if it's bad. Mm-hmm. And so, and in Vice, it's um, like you said. It, if if it wasn't uh, if if it wasn't edited well, it would be a really weirdly put together movie. I did have some issues in terms of the way, not the editing itself, like in terms of like how it's cut together cut together in certain scenes but some of the the placement but I think that might have been more of a script issue than an editing issue like what what the script had it do the editors did a great job of so mm-hmm. um, it, it put it together well so I, uh, I I went with vice on that one the other ones are just I mean to me 
you can maybe put like Bohemian Rhapsody in there too because it is that that has to be edited like a life story of a band and mm-hmm. they are able to cut in all the concerts and and um, bring it to a um you know a, a logical arc um in in a, in a they do it in a really uh really creative and and real positive way but i think vice is just it's it's a different movie than all these movies and they what what the editing has to be done in this one is is done in, in a cool and, and creative way so absolutely and and you know it, again it's it's a weird thing wondering like what is that was the academy looking for and so i applaud your decision to go with just one point here because last year uh dunkirk won for editing and mm-hmm. that is a movie too where the editing is good so that you don't notice it right mm-hmm. here in vice they're throwing the editing in your face so it'll be interesting to see and i, I went i went big on this one because i i love vice <laughs> um, but uh we'll see we'll see that one might bite me for a few points so that was editing let's see uh let's see what jared's got for this one this one was another tough one because there's a few on this list that I haven't or a Black Klansman I haven't seen. Okay. Heard it's very good. Don't know how the editing is. Yeah. I went with the favorite. The favorite. Yeah, and that this is another low uh-huh. one, a three. Three? Okay. And I yeah. mean, this this movie it's it's put together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all these movies are put together. You yeah. know, there's a beginning and end. Yeah, like, I don't know about this. So this one's a weird category to pick and predict. What do you pick for editing? I don't understand. I don't know what I'll go with on this one. That that one's a crapshoot. Yeah, that's a low one. So Jared went with the favorite, only three points, so he's not risking a whole lot. And I don't know, it's like you said, I, I think um, Jared likes the favorite a lot and wants to see it win some stuff. That's, that's <laughs> He's picked it a couple times here. And again, it's again, maybe the editing is so good here that you don't notice it. That could be it. So this one is going to be an interesting one to keep an eye on. We could swing a lot of points uh, based on the editing nomination because it's not often this year that we're disagreeing. Uh, so it's going to come down to some points, and I think this is a spot where some points are going to be made or broken. All right, let's move on to uh, an award that I think is is maybe the most obvious Oscar of all time, at least in the time that I've been you know paying attention to the awards. We have our nominees here for Best Original Song. All the stars. I'll fight. The place where lost things go. Shallow. And... When a cowboy trades his spurs for wings. That's actually a really good that's that's actually a really good cover of that song. <laughs> and I like that song. We um we we know what we're gonna pick here, uh, but um did you like that song? I know you just recently watched yeah. <laughs> you, it's fun, right? That that bit that, that part of that part of Buster Shroud is by far. Oh my the best. god. Oh easily. Um yeah, I, I was I have like six minutes left of it. I don't know if I'll even finish it. Like the last one was fine, but that entire movie because it's an anthology, um, it is a, it is a perfect decline in terms of quality. Because um, it was like Buster Scruggs. That first one was great. I had a great time with it. It was different. It was fun. It was funny. It had good music. Well, a part of, so I definitely agree. the Buster Scruggs section at the beginning is the best. And do you know what I'm talking about? If I refer to the table kick. Yes, I think so. That is one of the fucking best things I've seen in a movie in probably 20 years. Like, when I when that yeah, happened, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh my god, that is fantastic. <laughs> so, the uh, impromptu re- review of The Ballad of Buster Scruggs is the only way we can make this section uh, compelling by delaying our very obvious pick of Shallow for <laughs> the, the The only question remains, how many points, Seth, did you bet on Shallow? Went with 15 on this one. Me too. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Those are free points. Let's, uh, let's see what Jared had to say. I'm going to guess that he agrees. Um, so I picked Baby Shark 
for this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I uh, I pick shallow because yep. it's going to win. Yeah. Like, if you're if you're picking a list out there, just circle shallow. <laughs> I should have put it at 15. Yeah. I didn't because we had a discussion earlier. I put it at 14. 14. Yeah. I mean, uh, so right there, I already have 14 points yeah. going into this competition. <laughs> Tell me something, girl. <laughs> Did I get it right? Was that close? Oh, that's going to be something to cut out and play. (laughs) So no surprise there. Uh, Jared also picking Shallow, as is everyone who has ever even heard that song on the radio, which is everybody. Uh, Jared only goes with 14, so he's hedging his bet a little bit. Uh, He might think there's a a shocker coming in. Uh, Maybe maybe another thing is going to jump in there. I don't know. uh, Oh, shocker, bro. Shocker, bro. Yes. That is original song. Let's move forward into, uh, again, another category. I don't think there's going to be a lot of drama here. Uh, this is our best animated picture. Save the drama for your mama. <laughs> Incredibles 2. Isle of Dogs. Mirai. Ralph Breaks the Internet. Spider-Man. Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, so this is a rare. this is a rare event for me where what I passionately feel in my heart and what is true are the same. So in this one, it, I mean, again, the, the intersection of what's correct and what I know in my heart to be true uh, is that Spider-Man was the best animated feature here. And from what I'm hearing from other folks, this is, this is an obvious one. Uh, I went ahead and put 14 points on this. Uh, and I'm second most confident after uh, Shallow. And uh, let's see, Seth, did you pick Spider-Man or do I have to beat you up when I come over? Yeah, I picked Mirai. Um, Actually, I have no (laughs) idea what that movie is about. No, I did pick Spider-Man. Went with 12 on this one. I have heard a few rumblings that Incredibles 2 is making a little bit of a push. So so we'll see. But I I do believe Spider-Man will pull this one out. It's won all of the animated awards. I think Incredibles 2 did did win one of the, uh, you know, like, independent thing awards whatever but spider-man i think has kind of swept up everywhere else and has been widely regarded as not only one of the best uh animated movies of the year but one of the best overall films of the year um so i think spider-man into the spider-verse will win and i have 12 yeah i was i mean this could have been there was i mean there was talk about a best picture nomination for this and Mm -hmm. i think i think it would have i would have been okay with that Oh, uh, it's just so good. And they totally invented a new way of doing animation for this too. Like Incredibles was great. Like it, the day before Spider-Man came out, I would have, I would have put the same exact amount of points on Incredibles too. Mm-hmm. But Spider-Man was such a huge surprise and they're inventing a new way of animating and the whole movie's perfect. And it's, uh, and it, it's fantastic. And let's see, uh, I, I don't suspect he will, but let's see if Jared agrees. I put this one really high. I picked 15. 15? Yeah. Dude, Spider-Man into the spite of us all day, every day. It's going to win. But the thing is, I said this to you earlier, you're not agreeing with me. I'm not 100% confident on that. Um, I I mean, I agree with your choice. I don't know if I put 15 there. Well, I I did, so... (laughs) So Jared is on board the Spidey train, and he put 15 points. So this is... uh, He he was more confident in this than in Shallow, which I think is telling. Uh, So Spider-Man, and like I said, I'll be shocked. This is one, like... I will be floored if this doesn't win. Everything else, I think I'm right. But again, as you can tell by my confidence points here, I will be totally off my chair if if this one doesn't win. So, uh, which is awesome. The fact that Spider-Man is going to win an Oscar is fucking awesome to me. Like, there's a ten-year-old Cody that is so stoked. If you if you 
What do you mean you'll be off the chair? Like, are you going to fall out of it? No, I'm going to get out of it and then throw oh. it out the window of your house. Oh. Well, it's a couch, and I know you're not that strong, so... Uh, you've uh, never seen Spider-Man get ripped off from an Oscar, so you don't know how strong I am. <laughs> uh, these next couple are the screenplay nominees, and these are these are a foggy. These these are tough categories, I think. So yeah. uh, let's take a look first at our adapted screenplay nominations. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Black Klansman. Can you ever forgive me? If Beale Street could talk, a star is born so these movies all bang uh and I, again i like ba- i like buster strikes more than you and i didn't see can you ever forgive me but you you regarded it highly uh so this is an interesting category i mean this is just this is five movies i just would love to watch but what is your pick here for for best uh best screenplay you didn't see two of these you didn't see beale street either um, oh fuck i forgot about that one <laughs> don't forget about that one i went with black clansman um this one i think is more of a political pick for me I'm not very confident in it. I went with five. But I think this is more of a political oscar Academy vote. Um, because it is so close together, I think any of uh, Stars Born, Beale Street, Can You Ever Forgive Me, and Black Klansman, could, all of these could win. Um, wouldn't be surprised if any of those won. But I think in this case, because it's so close, I think Oscar voters are going to be more likely to give this to um, Spike Lee. He's never won an Oscar this would be their opportunity to give him an Oscar, especially in this, because he, he's not going to win it anywhere else. I mean, I think we can all be honest there. This would be the opportunity to give him an Oscar. And it's not giving. He'd be deserving of it. That, that, you know, that screenplay is awesome. That movie is awesome. But I think this would be the opportunity for the Academy to do that. Again, not confident because it is such a toss-up, which is why I went with five. Yeah, Black Klansman, one of my favorites of the year. It did make my top ten uh, from uh, a couple months back, and it breaks my heart to not vote for it, but I kept it in the family. Uh, I went with Beale Street here, and similar to your, you know, your political point, and I know you're just talking specifically about Spike Lee, and maybe there's a lifetime achievement element there, but uh, I, I, I do think that uh, politically, it also makes sense for Beale Street to win. Again, it's a black-led one. It's uh, Barry Jenkins is the director of that one, and he's a prior Best Picture winner, so it makes sense that his next project also wins something. Um, and it's based on a James Baldwin novel. The The book is incredible. Um, I've not read it, but it's been, you know, it's widely regarded as like one of the great American novels. Um, so uh, that's why I went with Beale Street. I went with three points here because, again, just not this category is so wide open to me. I, I'm not going to be surprised. So I didn't bet a lot of points. I went with three. Uh, but I went with Beale Street here. And so uh, going to be interesting to see that one. But I, I think these are all just great movies. So I'm not even bummed if I'm wrong. Uh, let's kick it over to Jared and see what he picked. Yeah, this was a middle ground. Didn't know what I was doing with my life. Um, I picked a six, and okay. I picked uh, if Beale Street could talk. I don't. I don't know. This I just one... picked it because I did. So Jared's on Beale Street as well. And the funny thing, and it, it should probably worry me, is that neither Jared or myself have seen Beale Street. <laughs> and he put six on it. I put three on it. And you've seen Beale Street and picked away from it. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, how much not seeing that movie is going to cost us on this one, this one specifically. <laughs> Let's go forward. Uh, more writers. And this is another one that's, I think, a little bit wide open. Um, we have the nominees for Best Original Screenplay. The Favorite. First Reformed. Green Book. Roma. Vice. This is just another set of just banger movies. I know that you're probably excited to see First Reformed on here. I wanted uh, to pick it. Num- 
It was your number one movie of the year for quite some time. It was. Uh, and just a great group of movies. You see Roma pop up again here. Again, I think, I think Roma's getting multiple awards on Sunday. I don't think this is one of them. Uh, and as much as I wanted to pick Vice, I had to go away from it. I went with Green Book here. And I know there's some controversy around Green Book. Um, but uh, where, I, where I pointed at t- to make this choice was it won the Golden Globe for writing. I know that it won uh, another Writers Guild Award uh, or some, some version of that voted on by writers. So it's won a couple of writing awards over the season. I only went with four points here because I'm just not super confident in it. There's a lot of variables here at play, even just outside the screenplay itself. But do they award uh, Green Book, which has had a little bit of mixed emotion around it uh, since it's released. But uh, I think it's worthy of this win, so I, I put four points on it. Um, I also agree that Green Book is worthy of a win. Um, I didn't pick it, though. I also went with four points, because this, so this could be an eight-point swing between us here. Um, I went with a favorite on this mm-hmm. one. Um, I, again, part of it is uh, due to the controversy, as you mentioned. Um, Green Book did win a few awards, but they act, the favorite won a few of them as well. Uh, they they kind of split a lot of the writing ones over the, the festival circuit, so or the, not the festival, but the award circuit that goes on before the Oscars. So it's kind of, this this one's 50-50 from everything I've kind of been taking a look at. So I did go with the favorite here. I also think that the favorite is one, especially seeing all of the nominations it got, is one that the Academy is very high on right now. Mm -hmm. And so I think that they will be likely to award the favorite in a lot of categories that they can't in other areas. And so I went with the favorite here with four points. Sure. Great dialogue in the favorite, too. Like I said, I'm not going to be pissed if it wins. That that would have maybe been my next pick, not having seen First Reform, because I know you talked really highly mm-hmm. about some of the dialogue and some of what they have going on in that one. I would poop my pants if that won, though. I'd be so happy. <laughs> now I hope it happens. <laughs> I, I will jump I don't up. lose points on you, and you, have, you would have shit yourself. I, I will jump off, and I won't throw a couch out the window, but I will be ex- very excited if First Reform wins. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's... It was written by a former uh, Oscar winner in screenplay writing. So, again, that's probably holding it back from winning. But um, it's uh, oh god, that was is such a good movie. So, it's <laughs> I think it's I think it's just a little bit too uh, maybe a little bit too artsy or pretentious <laughs> or sure. uh, thought provoking um, than even like what the favorite is. So maybe not something that is a typical Oscar win, but awesome that it's even nominated. So. Definitely. Yeah, nice to see that one get recognized. Uh, let's go to Jared's pick. Oh, there was, a, there was a couple on here that I wanted to pick. I went with the favorite, mm-hmm. and that was a five. Yeah. So, I mean, kind of low. Okay. It's just tough because I guess I don't know exactly how you go about grading. Yeah. So, Jared agrees with you on the favorite. He went five points, so he might be picking up a point here. Uh, again, I'm not going to be bummed if the favorite wins. As much as I was mixed on that movie, uh, the dialogue is something that really stood out. Uh, and I know that's a big part of the screenplay, obviously. So uh, we have the favorite and Green Booker, our picks for screenplay. And now we get into the meaty parts, the parts that I, I frankly, uh, I know are more your wheelhouse than mine. Uh, the acting nominations. And we're going to start with supporting actor. Mahershala Ali. Adam Driver. Sam Elliott, Richard E. Grant, Sam Rockwell. Ooh, I like the way you say Sam Rockwell. <laughs> uh, I honestly, I think this is kind of a booty category this year. I, like, I just You're don't. You're booty. I mean, Sam Rockwell's in maybe three minutes of that movie. Uh, Sam Elliott is even less. Like, I, 
the fact that Sam Elliott got nominated for that role just floors me. I have no idea how that fucking happens. Um, uh, so I know you're higher on Sam Elliott in general than I am. I know that you really like Richard E. Grant uh, in Can You Ever Forgive Me? So what was your pick here for supporting actor? I went for Mahershala Ali in this one. I think I think this one is between Mahershala Ali and Richard E. Grant. I, I the They both give some really strong and uh, character-driven performances. I think, though, Mahershala Ali is much more important to uh, Green Book than Richard E. Grant is to Can You Ever Forgive Me? So um, I went with Mahershala Ali. Again, he won Supporting Actor f- a few years ago, mm-hmm. right? Moonlight. Yeah. I- I don't think this holds him back from winning this one just because they, um, I think the Academy does appreciate his work. Uh, I think a lot of people appreciate his work over the years, except for in Alita because he was wasted. But uh, no, he uh, he he does he does a great job in this movie, and I think he's very important to the movie. And and honestly, he's essentially a co lead in this movie. I mean, he mm-hmm. it's one of those where like if he was nominated for lead actor, I wouldn't have been surprised. So um, I think I got to go with Mahershala on this one for nine points. Nine points. That's big money. Yeah, Marshall is great. I think he's one of those actors that I think in in, in time is going to be like a Merrill, right, where everything he does is nominated. And that's fine with me. I mean, he's fantastic. Uh, I agree with you on the co-lead thing because – and then, you know, we saw a few years ago in Fences, they nominated Viola Davis for supporting actress instead of lead actress because they felt she had a better chance to win. Yep. And I think you might be seeing a little bit of that here. I loved Mahershala Ali in Green Book, uh, but I didn't pick him. I this was this was the one pick that I really let myself go with my heart instead of instead of my head. And you mentioned uh, a couple guys that it's between, and I picked neither of them. I went with Adam Driver here, mm-hmm. and as as much as as much as and I agree with you as much as you say like Mahershala Ali is important to Green Book. I think Adam Driver is equally as important to Black Panther, and yeah. I think he's doing he's doing some equally challenging work. Uh, you know, he where where Mahershala Ali's stuff is a lot of race driven. Uh, Adam Drivers is religion driven and also race driven being in Black Klansman. I think he does a lot that is uh, different here. And he really was the driving one of the couple driving forces behind this movie. I was I was really impressed walking out of the theater with Adam Driver in this. It's one of the things that we mentioned in our ride home review way back. Uh, so I loved Adam Driver. I only put two points on it. So I, I hedged myself a little bit here. Uh, and I, again, I'm not going to be surprised if he doesn't win, but I, I won't be surprised if he does. I think he deserves it for a great performance. But if I had to pick a, if I were picking with my head, I would agree with you on Mahershala, to be quite honest. Uh, so let's see, uh, let's see if Jared agrees with either of us. I went with Mahershala Ali. Yeah, that's at, a good start. at seven. So no huge surprise there. Uh, Jared going with Mahershala Ali as well. He goes seven points. Uh, so he, uh, what was yours? How many points did you put? Nine. Nine. Okay, so big points on the line uh, from Herschel Holly. I think I'm probably going to give up some points on that one. But uh, <laughs> uh, I like to bet on a couple of long shots, too. Uh, so uh, give me Adam Driver on that one, and I'm going to look really smart if he wins. Let's go forward here. Uh, this another, I think, um, I don't think we're going to have to spend a lot of time on the Best Supporting Actress nominations. Amy Adams. Marina Tavira, Regina King. Emma Stone, Rachel Wise. Uh, I went here with Regina King. I didn't even see if Bill Street could talk, but she she won the Golden Globe, and everything that I've heard of is indicating that she should win this. Uh, mm-hmm. Now that said, uh, and I went with ten points, so I, I, I went. To, I'm going along with chalk here. 
uh, and saying that she'll win. That said, I loved Amy Adams and Vice. I think, again, she is so important to Vice because she's really what drives Chaney most of the time. So she is great. Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz, I think the fact that they're both nominated here hurts both of them, yeah. right? Like, if you, if I can't pick one of them from that movie, then why should either one of them be the winner? So that yeah. they kind of eliminate each other. But that, I'm glad they both got nominated. They both deserve it. But uh, And then I, of course, didn't see Roma. Uh, but I have heard good things about Marina de Tavira's um, performance here. But everything that I've heard indicates that Regina King is is kind of strolling through this one. Truth. Yeah, I went with Regina King, too. I went with 13 uh, on this one. Woo! Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think it's one of the I think it's one of the three or four or so locks uh, that are that are in this. Um, she is especially one. I just think, like you said, she's cleaned up at all of the awards uh, circuits, uh, all of the uh, different different uh, festival things like that. Um, I haven't heard a thing out of any one of these other people. So um, yeah, I think I think Regina King is uh, gonna take this one home. Take there this one go. back to Beale Street. Oh, booyah. Regina King, two for two so far. Let's see if she gathers a third. Here's Jared. I heard Regina King was pretty good. Yeah, she's so I, I chose that one at, at 11. That's a good pick. The same girl that played uh, Cindy in Scary Movie. <laughs> no, that's Regina Hall. Oh. Hey, that's not Cindy. That's that's uh, Anna oh. Ferris. Oh, my gosh. I Okay, Regina cut Hall this out. played Brenda. I'm cut cut, cut nope, this out. That's staying in there. <laughs> Regina Hall is Brenda, because I want to show my scary movie knowledge. It's something I hold dear. Okay, you're right. Because, yeah, she's like, Sandy, your TV's leaking. <laughs> my favorite, <laughs> and Cody and I talked about this before, my favorite scene in any scary movie, uh, it's for fucking random, but it's great, is Brenda's a teacher in the third one. And yeah. uh, they Cindy leaves the room. And they all throw shit at the board, <laughs> One of them right? throws a pencil case, and she just turns around and goes, Who the, the fuck, fuck did do that? that? Yeah. <laughs> Jared indeed agrees. It's a Regina King sweep. He puts 11 points on it. So big money riding on Regina King. Uh, so that's a big award. Again, yeah, I'll be shocked if we, uh, if we don't all get those points. So uh, let's move forward. We have the lead actor and actress. Let's start with the men. Here are the nominees for best actor. Are we starting with the men? Christian Bale, Bradley Cooper, Willem Dafoe, Rami Malek, Vigo Mortensen. This is a great category. And I think this could have, if you expanded this to 10, you still could have had five great nominees. I think J.D. Washington is another uh, one who could have gotten nominated for this. And there's just a bunch of really great performances uh, that didn't get nominated. But I think this is a good group of five here. Uh, as much as everyone is excited about Bradley Cooper and thinks that he was a snub for director, I'm not on that camp. Like, I like the directing nominees, but I do think that he was great in his performance uh, as Jackson Maine. So I did like Cooper. Uh, you spoke very highly of Willem Dafoe, and I like Rami Malik as uh, Dafoe, and I like Randy, Rami Malik as uh, Freddie Mercury as much as the next guy. Viggo Mortensen seems like the weak link here to me, just because he's not doing what he does. He does well. But it, he's not having to run as fast as these other guys. Does that make sense? Like his the challenge laid before him wasn't sure. as big, and it, even though I really liked it, uh, I just don't think he I, he wasn't asked as much as some of these other guys. Uh, I went here with Christian Bale. Uh, I picked eleven points. Oof. I think this is this is uh, I, I'm very confident in this one. I know there's talk about Rami Malek winning this one. Maybe he'll get it, but I. Honestly, like, I don't want the points if Rami Malek wins it. I, I think Bale is incredible in this. The I, Rami Malek was not better than Christian Bale. 
Like that is, I think, pretty close to objectively true. But again, we're picking, we're deciding what are the Oscar, what are the the Academy going to pick? And there's a mm-hmm. very real chance that they pick Malik. But you're not going to be able to convince me that he was better. And uh, so I went with Bale for 11 points. He's got the body transformation. It's a biopic. It's the this just got done. This just won Gary Oldman an Oscar a year ago. So mm-hmm. why shouldn't it win him again? And maybe that works against him. I don't know. But I went with Bale, um, and you know. We'll see. Did did you? I mean, you might have gone lighter because I know you've been talking about Bale and Malik kind of splitting the vote. Uh, what, what what was your tactic here on Best Actor? Yeah, this one. Um, I would I would have said before the Oscar nominations came out um, and seeing some of the love that, and honestly, before the Globes, um, seeing the love that Bohemian Rhapsody and Rami Malek have gotten, I would have a hundred percent agreed with you, and I still agree with you. I think Christian Bale's performance is a much more difficult, I don't know, playing Freddie Mercury is pretty difficult too, but I think, I think Rami Malek, while he does a great job as Freddie Mercury, not taking anything away from him, I think what Christian Bale does as Dick Cheney is, is more impressive because he is, he becomes Dick Cheney hundred percent. Whereas you can still see Rami Malek at, mm-hmm. in the Freddie Mercury. Again, does a great job. They also had to, you know, put, put someone else's voice uh, on Rami Malek, whereas Christian Bale did the whole thing. Um, he didn't have to sing, of course, but he did have to do some uh, Shakespearean, some Shakespearean dialogue. But again, I would have agreed with you all going up to this, but I think the love that Bohemian Rhapsody has gotten, and also um, since the Globes, they split the Globes because they were in different categories. But since then, Rami Malek has won like all of the awards things <laughs> for Best Actor. Um, I think he just has all the momentum right now. I think this has no shot of winning Best Picture, Bohemian Rhapsody, but I do think that they are going to recognize, because Rami Malek is by far and away the best part of that movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everyone that's not a critic (laughs) loved that movie. I think this is going to go to Rami Malek. I will be very happy if it goes to Rami Malek, because I love Rami Malek. But... Um, I do agree with you in some extent too, but I, I think this one goes Rami Malek. I put eight points on it. I'm not super confident on it, but I also am a little bit higher than some categories because I just this one has a lot more attention to it, and I, I think I have a little bit more information on it than some of the others. So I went with eight points for uh, Mr. Robot. This one, like we could. This one and based on the this, rest of our picks, this is going to decide the whole thing. This one and. Um, yeah, Mahershala uh, Ali. So yeah, yeah, this one and this one and supporting actor could decide the whole thing. If I get both these right, you're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is absolutely <laughs> true. I, I think, and I I would go. I would venture to say, regardless of even the Mahershala Ali portion, uh, I think if one of us is right on best actor, that's going to decide it because that's a huge mm-hmm. swing. If you you picking eight and me picking eleven, so that's an interesting one. You're, you're admittedly you're better at picking what the Academy would pick. Um, and so you may you may be right on Malik. I hope you're not, but uh, but we shall see. But I think that one is going to be a big one. Uh, that's going to loom large. Uh, so let's see where Jared weighs in on Best Actor. Oh, I sat here going back and forth, back and forth, and I wanted it to be between two different people. I chose Rami Malik. Oh, you didn't choose Willie Deaf? No, I wanted <laughs> Willie Deaf, but I did not choose Rami Malik. Huh? Uh, yeah, but you not put eight. Okay, so not Middle. too high. Yeah, that it's. Are you thinking, or are you because of the whole controversy around that movie? I think it's between him and Christian Bale. At That's this point. and see, I was about to circle Christian Bale, yeah. but I was like, uh, do I not do it? Yeah, it's it's gonna be a close one. Well, we'll see what happens in on that one. 
All right, so Jared agrees with you. He's got Rami Malek for eight points, and uh, this is where I win it. That's what I'm. This is where I win it. Best actor, Christian Bale. Uh, he's going to bring home the trophy for me, so I'm feeling pretty good. Let's go back to the ladies now. Another interesting category. I, I'm interested to see what you think of, of my pick here, because as I look at it now, I'm like, oh. uh, let's hear the nominees for best actress. Well, we'll try this first one. <laughs> Yalitza. <laughs> Yalitza Episerio. Nope. Yalitza Ep. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Yalitza Ep. Ep- <laughs> <laughs> this is all but worth it just for this. <laughs> Yalita Appy Apparizzi. I can't fucking do it. <laughs> you psyched yourself out now. You can't. Here, I I'll have. do it. I'll, I'll do it, and then you read the rest of the four. Okay. okay. Here we go. <clears throat> now you, I can say it. I just can't do a deep voice. <clears throat> Yalita Apparizio. There you go. Um, Glenn Close, Olivia Coleman, Lady Gaga, Melissa McCarthy. So this is an interesting category. I think that Glenn Close has has led the way and, and won several of the awards. There's the element of the lifetime achievement we've talked about. You loved Glenn Close and the wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, I picked her here mainly based on what you said for 12 <laughs> points. Oh, wow. And so I went big on this one, but... Uh, you know, Lady Gaga has been pushing strong. You've spoken very highly about Melissa McCarthy. Uh, and then I have not yet seen Roma. So, uh, I don't know. What did you, do you agree with me here on Glenn Close? Did you go as big as I did? Um, I agree with you. Not quite as big. I went with 11 though, but still very, very, oh, okay. uh, very that makes me feel better. Yeah. Uh, I think, I don't think Lady Gaga, Lady Gaga will win. And that's been kind of the challenger the whole time, but I, I've heard just a few rumblings about maybe Olivia Coleman, but I think it's Glenn Close, and and I don't think it is Close. Didn't. Oh man. Oh, hold on. Let me get that. Thanks. Um, no, she is great in that movie. I've talked about that movie. She makes that movie. That movie is excellent. The wife. Um, check it out. I think it's on VOD. But uh, yeah, I think with it being a lifetime achievement thing, like you kind of mentioned, uh, being with how her performance is in that movie. It's one of those things like kind of with Gary Oldman, it's a lifetime achievement, but it's deserved. So mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. I don't want to, we keep saying lifetime achievement, but that's not to take away from a great performance. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it adds to a great performance and sort of hammers home the point that she should win. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what Jared thought for best actress. I went with Glenn Close. Glenn Close. Bit, bit, Good pick. Bit, 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 Glenn Close. I haven't seen that movie, but I've heard great you movie. mention great movie. It's very good. Yeah. I've heard that she's getting a lot of praise. Yep. So I threw a thirteen on that. Thirteen. One. Yeah. Oof. Look at all Oof. these. Look at all these free points I'm getting. High here, number. People. I'm interested to see what you give best picture. So Jared continues to agree. Uh, he's got Glenn Close for thirteen points. So a lot of points going on best actress, but nobody's moving. Uh, we all bet. So Jared is the highest on Glenn Close. We go uh, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Uh, so we are all hopeful that uh, our favorite version of Cruella Deville will uh, be bringing home a statue <laughs> for that one. <laughs> Uh, these last two, I think, you know, it's, it's a little, uh, anti-dramatic, but I don't think these two are, are going to be as exciting, uh, as, as maybe in years past, because I think we're going to maybe agree on some, I think it's going to come down to points on these last two awards. So let's first take a look at the best director nominees. Spike Lee, Powell Palakowski, Yorgos Lanthimos, Alfonso Cuaron, Adam McKay. I'm picking Koran here. I want 13 points. I think this is as close to a lock as you're going to get. 
Um, what do you, what do you have here? Do you agree? Yeah, I went with uh, went with Quran for fourteen points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's uh, just kind of like we talked about the cinematography. Uh, same thing here with the direction. It's this is his movie. Everything is deliberate. All the choices made are deliberate. Um, it's entirely his vision, and that vision is uh, perfectly done. Uh, it's it, this this movie more than anything is about the the technical aspects of it, and that's you know how it's shot how it's acted how it's you know how it's directed and and that's really what Coron prides himself on with his movies and so i think this one um in particular is going to get a lot of recognition and i think i think he's got this one locked down yeah i know that uh that has been the chalk pick for many let's see if jared agrees alfonso Coron <laughs> all the way that's what would you put on it uh 10 10? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, okay. obviously we both okay. know that uh, okay. Cooper should have been in this for McKay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but since that's the case, I feel like uh, Alfonso Cuaron has got Alfonso this one. Alfonso Cuaron. Yeah. Oh. He's not French. Oh, oh. okay. <laughs> so Jared is in for 10 points on Alfonso Cuaron. Uh, so again, all these big money categories we we are tending to agree on. There have been uh, there have been a handful of locks, or at least perceived locks. Maybe we're all very wrong, but at least we're together, right? I'm so, not. <laughs> so uh, let's uh, take a very deep breath, Seth, so that you can announce our nominees for best picture. I don't need to take no deep breath. Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite. Green Book, Roma, A Star is Born, and Vice. So uh, we're going to get to our pick in a second here, but this was, I mean, this is a great group, I think, of Best Picture nominees, and they only went eight. They can go up to ten. I would have liked to have seen First Man in here. We talked about Beale Street, maybe Spider-Man, but I think what you have here is a really great group of eight movies, and as we've said before, movies people have seen. You know, mm-hmm. I've seen seven of the eight of these and I'm going to watch Roma maybe even today. So, you know, th- this is just a good, I think this is going to be exciting Oscars because people have actually seen these movies. You know, it's, it's not, uh, it's not a bunch of unknown crap that are winning the awards. So people are going to be excited to see. And I think you have great movies. You've got, you've got sort of the, uh, the black led movies, Black Panther, Black Klansman. You've got the musical biopic, Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, the period piece, the favorite. Again, the racially charged uh, Green Book, Roma, sort of the big art piece, uh, Star is Born, sort of the you know classic remake, uh, industry type movie, and then Vice, the political drama. So every bit of Oscar bait is represented here in some way, which is kind of interesting, but in a popular and accessible way. So. I love this group, and I wish it were more dramatic than it is, but based on a lot of different factors here, I think Roma's coming away with this one. Um, just because of the other things that are perceived to be, you know, on, on quote-unquote locks, uh, I only had nine points left for Roma, uh, but that's not that's not because I'm not confident. It's just I'm more confident in other stuff. So uh, I like Roma here, and I don't think it's, you know, I think it wins going away, but that's not to say I don't love all these other movies. I think, I think there are years where Black Klansman could be a Best Picture winner. Um, Green Book was pushing hard for a while. Um, you know, Black Panther. You know, some people want Black Panther to win, but I, I just don't see it. So, um, I don't know. It's a great category, but I think Roma is based on just what I've seen, what I've heard. I've not yet even watched the movie, but I think it just stands above the rest as a a, a better piece of art. And I think the mm-hmm. Academy still wants to award art. 
Yeah, I think it is the the most artistic film that's on the on the list here. Um, I did pick it as well. I went with six on this one. Not quite as confident. I do think maybe Green Book uh, has a shot as well. I mean, there, like you said, there is some controversy and all that stuff, but I, 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 I don't think it has a serious threat. But I wouldn't be a hundred percent surprised if it won either. Um, it's just you know, it's kind of the contrarian to Roma. It's you know, it's it's still a very well done film, but it also is a, kind of a feel good type thing and. Roma isn't, I mean, it's not a depressing movie, but it's also not a feel-good movie either. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you, unless you're talking about that floppy dong. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but no, it's, uh, I think it wins. I, and I get it. I went with six points on that. There you go. I don't think we'll see any surprises here, but let's go to Jared. All right. I only threw four on this. So four? Okay. It's, it's not that many yeah, points. And the thing is, like, I went back and forth between, like, three different movies here. Yeah. I wanted to go with Green Book. Yeah. Because that, Excellent. deep down, for some reason, I want that. But I got to go with my black and white movie. I got to go with Roma. Roma. Just because it's black and white. Yeah. Because I know that people are going to be like, oh, it's an artsy film. It's <laughs> got to be best picture. There's dog poop everywhere. Oh, there's dog poop. And then there's Flopping a... Flopping dog. There's a kung fu penis in there. <laughs> Everyone loves Kung Fu Penis. <laughs> All right, so the big man goes with Roma as well. He's only got four points on it, so um, we go uh, nine, six, four on Roma. So again, it, you know, these big categories uh, at least at least perceived to be locks on all of these. So maybe there will be some surprises, maybe there won't. Um, but there are a couple big categories that we've disagreed on, so I think we'll see some excitement at least uh, in our living room uh, when we're watching the show. Um, but absolutely, we want to get everyone else's picks as well. You have the advantage of knowing what we picked uh, if you want to pick after us. So if you've listened to this, you can make your picks based on that. That's okay. Uh, that's fair, I suppose. Uh, so make sure that you're downloading the document from the uh, from the description box and making your picks uh, for the Oscars. And if you submit them in time, uh, we, we can get you some prizes. We're going to get you some prizes for uh, for beating us if you do so. So... Now, all that said, Seth, I don't know. We haven't decided on a wager between the two of us. Do you have anything you want to put on the line for the for the SoCo Oscar championship this season? I mean, do you want to win the win the names back forever? Do you want the so and co-host names back? What I want, I don't I don't mind. We can we can still bet on names on a monthly basis. That I'm fine with. What I want, what I want to bet, I want to kill slash retire the sounder for the rectal exam. I want to repackage the monthly <laughs> movie release exam. I want to rename it and redo the sounder so that it's not about butts and farts. <laughs> that is what I want if I win. <laughs> so it's not about butts and farts. <laughs> I never heard it be uh, put so simplistic before. Um, okay. So, um, we can keep the game. I just want it repackaged. That's my okay. that's my bet. Okay, I can agree with that um, because I didn't have a name for it, so I just <laughs> said new release exam and threw rectal in there. So I'm not <laughs> married to it. <laughs> and you made the sounder, so <laughs> that's true. I did come out as the editor earlier, so this, it's on me. Uh, but yeah, it's this... gotten it's gotten momentum, and now I need permission to stop it. So this is <laughs> this is all work that you just are gonna have to redo that you created yourself. It's a, how about a swap of sounders, um, essentially? So, yeah, you can have the segment. If I win, I want a new TV corner sounder. Okay. Okay. I can, I can work with that. 
Okay. No more. <laughs> Seth, I want to blow you is uh, every time I hear it, I cringe a little bit just in case uh, anyone important is listening. <laughs> What's funny about that is like it is it's just a quote from a movie, but it, yeah, it definitely sounds awful. So yeah, I definitely I would I would if you beat me, I will without challenge uh, change that. I'm going to make it Seth. I want to suck your balls. It's going <laughs> to be a lot more palatable for folks, but it has to be you saying it. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> I think you'd hate that more than I would. I would think it was Yeah, hilarious. probably. <laughs> okay, so we have a Sounders bet uh, slash a segment bet. If, if Seth wins, we will create a new TV Corner Sounder. If I win, then we repackage the monthly new release uh, quiz. So I think that's a fair bet. That sounds no, like a bet. No, call, call it the correct name. Oh, the new release rectilinear. There you go. All right, we have a bet. <laughs> You can't be a part of our bet. That's between the two of us. But you can't get in on the action if you get into the description box. Again, download the form, fill out your picks, and send them to us uh, either by email at socoshow91 at gmail.com or uh, I guess you could DM them to us if you wanted to. Just send them by email. That's going to be the easiest way. Uh, let us know your picks, and you might win some prizes. We might have some JB prizes. We might have some Soco Show prizes. Our sponsors have, may uh... provide some prizes. There's one prize um, that I know is up for grabs, so you better win this, Cody, if you want it. Uh, it's the download code for Split. Oh, you motherfucker! <laughs> that is my. I'm now. I have to win because that's mine. <laughs> You're gonna give away the Split download code. You, you suck. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fine. I see. If you want to play fucking dirty, then you're gonna well, lose dirty. Unless you want to buy a movie and use the download code. <laughs> well, no, that's okay. But now, now that you, if you're you're playing dirty now, so when I win and I repackage the rectal exam, I'm gonna name it the new release "Sex Sucks Balls" exam. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck for finding a sounder for that. Oh, I'll fucking make a sounder, Seth. Don't worry about that. It just got real. It just got real. Again, uh, I've said it a bunch of times. Uh, check out the description box how you can be a part of the SoCo Oscar show. I apologize for my appearance. I hoped I might be employed here by you as something. A monster for the children to play with, perhaps. Do you foresee any issues in working for a black man? You and the Deep South, there's gonna be problems. Well, since you asked, I hate blacks. My mouth to God's ears, I really hate those black rats. Uh, the vice presidency is mostly a uh, symbolic job. Is this the real life? What's going on forever? That's going to do it for episode 82. It's our pre-Oscar special. Uh, make sure you tune in next week. Episode 83 is going to consist entirely of Seth and I reacting in real time to the Oscars. Now, I'm thinking it's not going to be a four-hour long fucking podcast. We'll edit it down. But uh, we're going to record it as we watch the Oscars. And this that episode actually could contain the very final near-release rectal exam. That's right. Yeah, it'll, it'll, it may be the last... So, release rectal exam we'll we'll do that one to kick off the show uh before the oscars and then we'll we'll get into uh get into the oscars 
There you have it. It's going to be a fun show. It's all movies right now on the Soko Show as it is Oscar season. So uh, make sure you come on back and uh, react with us. You know, enjoy it. Uh, we'll be on the and tweets as well during the show, as I know uh, Will, our good buddy. At Jared Buckendall. The big guy. He's going to be on the tweets. <laughs> so <laughs> make sure you tweet we with also, him. We also, uh, there may be another appearance by Jared Buckendall um, in a few weeks because we'll be heading to Des Moines. That's true. Yeah, hopefully we can get something. Uh, we can get on the mics and uh, and chat it up with the big dog. At Jared Buckendall. <laughs> That's not going away anytime soon. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. So make sure you come on back. This has been episode 82 of the SoCo Show. For Seth Ott, this has been Chad Coger, lead singer of Nick Kobach, and we will... See you next week. We're going to be together next week. Woo! Bye! Bye! Seth's going to win. <laughs>